Ladies and gentlemen, it's Friday. So it's time for the Win, Lose, or Tie podcast with your host, the styling, profiling, limousine riding, swatch wearing, kiss stealing, wheeling and dealing, Woo! son of a gun. And he's having a hard time holding down those alligators. Ty King. Yo, yo, yo. What's up, baby? It's Friday. I hope you're having a great day listening to this right now because I'm having a great day right now. Even if it's not Friday, if you're listening to this on another day, I'll tell you what, your day just got better because uh, you're listening to the Win, Loser, Tie podcast. It doesn't get any better than that as far as, you, as far as I'm concerned, you know, but um, I really do appreciate you listening and uh, tuning in to the Win, Lose, or Tie podcast. Always remember, you can find me at Win, Lose, or Tie on Instagram. That's T-Y-E. Email the show, win, lose, or tie podcast at gmail.com. Facebook is just Ty King, T-Y-E-K-I-N-G. And uh, I forget to say this every time. I, I haven't said this in a long time. But I, I go, if you have, if you listen on uh, Spotify, if you listen on uh, uh, iTunes or Apple Podcasts, go like it, subscribe to it, man, because what that does is that just uh, builds up. It's easier for me to get in touch with people. It's easier for me to, uh, I don't know, for me to be visible the more that people like and uh, subscribe. So there you go. Let's do that. Um, still a member of my of LMK. Let me know productions. That's my boys. That's um, uh, Mark Youngblood in the Pick 4 podcast. And that's Landry Griffith. But having said that with Landry, and um, maybe I can get them back on the horse one day. I don't know. I, we'll see. I don't know. But I'll tell you right now, man, my shoulders are getting, my back is hurting a little. I'm carrying the load here, fellas. I'm carrying the load. That's all right. I, I can do that. That's okay. Uh, but, man, just uh, welcome to the show. I've got a great show today. I just got a guy that I've just been dying to get in here. And um, I just, man, you know, I, it was funny. We started season two a couple of weeks ago. I called it season two. And I started off with our, 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 our medical doctor, a surgeon, my, one of my best friends in the world, Todd Johnson, up in Tulsa. What a fantastic episode. What a great guy. You know what? Honestly, to think about that for me, I've had more personal feedback through text messages and through either emails or whatever on that episode that I've had on, I think, any episode other than maybe Chris Level. So, I mean, dude, crazy. Okay, so, and then last week, I brought episode two of season two, and it was Manny Romo. And you want to talk about two completely opposite type of episodes. I mean, it is, one of them is well thought out. One of them is, just, you know, he's taught as just, you know, really precise with everything it does. And then Manny is... Uh, level a thousand from the beginning to the end, and that's exactly why I love Manny because he's like that. So um, you probably will like you probably out of breath if you listen to Manny's episode last week. I mean, you, it, we really do. And I got so many people that that called me were like, "Damn, dude, that guy is amazing. He's just he is a uh, he's level like fifty thousand. Now he's just rolling." And I'm like, "Yeah, that's why I wanted him, man. He's amazing. He's just a great dude. So thank you, Manny, for doing that. So go back and listen to that one. But today is episode three of season two first time back in the uh win loser tie studio which is my apartment and um i've been on the road man i went to manny's barbershop i went to tulsa oklahoma so welcome back to the uh episode but today is my man is my brother my friend he's a creative and i couldn't wait to get him in here we've been talking about this for a long time and we finally have nailed down a time and that time is now and that is today and he's sitting in the chair and i'm so glad to welcome in zane ennis Welcome to the Windows of Top Podcast. 
What's up, man? Hey, man. So excited to be yeah. here, man. We've been talking about this for too long. <laughs> it's like a dream come true. <laughs> really so I know. thanks for having me. Yeah. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Pumped. Man, me too. I, I'm so I'm so pumped because, uh, you know, I just, our history is, I, I, I'm, I remember, you know, you being in school when I was teaching school and, uh, mm-hmm. and I taught media and that's, I mean, you know, but it, it was crazy because I had you for one, just one year, I think. I think that's but, right. Yeah, yeah. Because... Man, I said this to Adam when he was on when he was in here, Adam Stone. But when you took my class, it was like, oh no, man, I'm teaching the basics, right? I'm teaching the basics of video editing. Like, hey, man, here's how you uh, turn on the camera. Here's how you set it up on a tripod. And when we got to the editing part of the six, first six weeks, I was like, yeah, you know what? Zane is already ahead of me, and he could probably start teaching now. So, <laughs> I mean, dude, just the way your mind would work, like the creativity, and like you, you were like, hey, man. This is uh, remedial right now. I could look at you like, man, I need to get going. But I loved it, man, because I could always just count on you to like, hey, I know whatever you're doing is going to be awesome. But, man, you love a video and your love of movies. And now that we've developed a friendship like afterwards sure. and, I sure. just, and, and your brother's amazing and I love, and I love yeah. Eric. So uh, I, just, I just think you're just a – I just want, can't wait to get in some conversations with you. But, For sure. Yeah, about movies, about video. But how far back do you think uh, – when did you know, like creativity-wise, like – you know, this was my thing because I know you play baseball and you were, you were an athlete too, but for sure. Yeah. yeah. No, man. I like, I grew up, you know, um, my dad was a big sports guy. Mm-hmm. And so like, I grew up obsessed with baseball from the time I was two years old. And I feel like maybe without knowing it, my love of movies kind of started when I was super young because I fell in love with movies like the Sandlot. Right. And I would right. watch the Sandlot every day. Yeah. And my dad would come home and I wouldn't give him five seconds to walk <laughs> through the door before I'm like taking him in the backyard and making him throw me, yeah. you know, pitches and stuff. Yeah. Um, but I didn't, I never made that connection for a long time. Cause I was just like, baseball was my one love. I was obsessed with it. Super mm. competitive. Um, you know, my dad built a batting cage in our house and like all this stuff. And we just, baseball was everything. Right. But I feel like my mom was the one that took us to movies and I remember like she'll be the one to like take all the credit you know be like I'm the one that started all this for you because she took us to Jurassic Park when I was like however old I don't even remember I think it came out and like you know whatever it was I was way too young to probably be going to see that movie um and she'll take all the credit for that but you know growing up my parents had VHS tapes of Braveheart and Apollo 13 and Dances with Wolves and Titanic and stuff like that. And it's like, I mean, I remember watching Braveheart over and over and over again. And that movie still to this day is like one of my favorite films of all time. But yeah, it's one of the, yeah, mine too. I mean, yeah, mine too. Even, with, even if Mel kind of, like, damn, dude, come on, man. And, but you know, Mel Gibson yeah. kind of just like, dude, but still. Yeah, he, he fell off the wagon a little bit. It's just like, dude, okay, but. I still could go back and watch that movie, and I just love it so much. There's it's so incredible. many intricacies in that movie that even me and my buddies, it came out when I was, uh, I think I was in college, like my, maybe freshman year of college. But sure. And it's like, man, even in baseball, we were playing softball, you know, whatever, and we could go, hey, hey that's a good throw. <laughs> hey, hey, it was. <laughs> I, I, I love it, man. Yeah, I love it. Because that's movie. just like, that was quotes from that movie just became a part of my family's kind of no doubt. vernacular in a way where it's just like, it's my island. It's mine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ireland. Yeah. And that was just like a thing growing up, you know, but like looking back, I mean, well, first of all, just to nerd out about Braveheart for a second, Let's because, yeah, I could do that. um, 
like when when Game of Thrones was coming on, Battle of the Are you a Game of Thrones guy? You Did you watch Game of Thrones? We're oh, gonna yeah. talk about Game of Thrones a lot. Oh, for sure. Just so you know, like, that, that's coming. That, that's a that's a what do you call that? That's a tease. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're teasing it. Yeah. Um, not that Game of Thrones. Like I'm a huge Game of Thrones guy. Like yeah. Battle of the Bastards. Yeah. Mind blowing stuff. Absolutely. Just as from appreciating it from like what it must take to yeah. execute that from oh. a film standpoint. It's <laughs> mind blowing, right? But I'm still looking at that and I'm being like, dude, the shit that they did in Braveheart, 20 years before. Yeah. Still blows my mind how yeah. incredible that is. And I feel like that's a testament to obviously crews and all the stuff that were involved in that. But it's like Mel Gibson just when you watch his other films, Apocalypto, yeah. um, even Hacksaw Ridge, like yeah. he just got a brutality yeah. to his films that like a lot of he gets a lot of criticism yeah. for it. But as a kid, man, I was just like, this oh, yeah. is insane. Like yeah. I definitely shouldn't have been watching it at the oh, age man. that I was. But it struck but, a chord yeah. but, for sure. You know, it, it I remember the I remember the first part of that move well, I mean what hit me as a as a college age kid when I first saw Braveheart was the first time I'd ever seen um, all the arrows in the air at once. And that shot where you see just like you know a hundred arrow, and you're like, that must have been what it was like. Yeah, like that many arrows. Are you never really, I never really thought about it like that. And it just each show that shot, and you see all these arrows. You're like, dude, you know what? How do people? Of course, I mean. That was nuts. Insane. Yeah, it's nuts. So, I mean... I, and, like, right. back then, you know, it was a thing where it's, like, they, they were having to do all this shit practically. Like, yeah. there's no CGI. They're actually yeah. doing it. And, like, yeah. we used to joke as kids, like, if you look in the background of some of those shots, like, some of the sword fighting looks horrible. Because yeah, exactly. they're just, like, they can't go erase it from the film back yeah. then and stuff. But um, to answer your actual question, yeah. I feel like that... Like, I grew up and I was always... I always loved movies and... Um, but baseball was my love. Like, yeah. that was what I did all day, every day. Yeah. I feel like I didn't make the connection that, like, it was something that you could do or that I oh, yeah. wanted to do probably until freshman year, maybe of high school, maybe okay. junior high. But okay. I feel like freshman year into high school, um, it started... You know, that's where I started kind of wanting to find out yeah. how to do it and I really know. getting yeah. interested in doing it. We, Me and my brother used to do stuff before then when we were little kids, but... Um, and then, of course, the reality sets in of like, well, I'm not going to be a pro baseball player. I'm 5'5", five, five, <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm not the habit. best player on my team. Like, and like, I was always a really good player, but I mean, yeah. I, I, I had no delusions, you know, yeah. about what was going to happen. Um, but it, it kind of while that was happening, the love of film just consumed me completely. Yeah. And so it was honestly like, even if I would have had that opportunity to go play baseball in college or do any of that, I feel like I wouldn't have done that just simply because i was obsessed with movies by that time you know yeah and and i, I man i think i just it's so funny because i'm so excited that you're here. i kind of just jumped ahead let me i just want to ah, damn it let me reset sure i want to get your background just like okay you grew up here in lubbock yes right okay that's and, correct and, 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 i know you got one brother mm -hmm. tell me give me your family your dynamic what's going on there like how you grew between up? me and my brother yeah well just tell me is that just it was just you and your brother right yeah it's just me and my yeah, brother okay, that's what i'm talking about um uh, and, he, and, and he's older Eric is three years younger than oh, three, me. I mean, sorry, you're three years older than him. That's now, correct. Right? Yeah. yeah. No, so I mean, Eric, um, I feel like that maybe a lot of the creativity that I didn't know was going on in my household started with my brother um, simply because Eric kind of has that, Eric has a genius thing about him where it's like, yes, he was he just does. born yeah. in this kind of, he, he just kind of a genius. Yeah. And it's just like, I don't, you can't put your finger on it, but if you know him, He's just got that thing about him, kind of born like a naturally great writer and can pick up on all these things, super yeah. talented. He can't play an instrument but understands music on yeah. a, such an instinctual level. He's a great singer, all yeah. this stuff. And as a kid, he like he was tapped into something that yeah. my parents definitely knew. And, and there were questions of like, 
you know, do we need to like take him to get, you know, yeah. something looked at? Like what's going on? Cause he was just had this genius thing going yeah. on. Yeah. And me and him as kids, we had a dynamic where, um, we were, we would just play around and my dad had yeah. old cameras and, and we would, we would shoot I, with like height cameras and we were really, really young and, and we just had so much fun yeah. doing those things. I, you that's, know? A, that's a fun way to grow up and you got a brother or a sibling that's that close that you can kind of, I mean, you know, be interested in this kind of sort of the same or be involved and do stuff together. Absolutely. That's pretty cool. So I love that. And I'll tell you right now, dude, his, his Instagram, which I know I'm not on TikTok yet. I got to get there, but, uh, Dude, he's one of the most entertaining people. When he makes his stuff, I just laugh my ass off, dude. He is so He's got funny, a great man. sense of humor, man. I feel like he finally found, like, because TikTok's not, not my thing either. I'm yeah. not on TikTok. Like, yeah. I appreciate that stuff. Yeah, and yeah. I've, I've obviously, it's all over Instagram. The joke is, like, it's all the people that are seeing the TikToks two weeks late on Instagram, <laughs> you know? Um, but he has a blast doing it. It's a way for him to be creative. And, like, he's still – it's involved in video, and he's usually talking about movies or something on there. And I, he just has a blast yeah, with it. So man, I'm happy for him. Uh, he is – he is, I, I love him, man. He yeah. is – I laugh every time I see something that he posts on there. So so that's cool. And, and you know, you got into junior high. You started getting in some video stuff. You got into high school. Uh, you know, I, I know that you took my class for one year, and it was more of a – we were geared – my class that I had was geared more towards – news and uh you know that kind of stuff which is awesome and that's fun and everything but i know you went a little bit more to like the digital uh side i mean which allowed you to be probably a little bit more creative probably better for a guy like you i mean because if i just tell you hey man hey zane you're gonna anchor the news or zane you're gonna go out and do a story on you know the ffa out there i mean that's I would love it if you had stayed in the class and like did that for the next three years, but right. I just I think that I'd have been holding you back, really. I mean, honestly. I honestly I was always more interested in what was going on behind the scenes. Right. You know, I yeah. wanted a camera in my hand. I didn't want to I mean, like, we enjoyed being on camera yeah. when we were kids because we didn't have actors, right? Like yeah. we had to do everything, which honestly is still <laughs> yeah. kind of the case when you're making short films and yeah. stuff. But no, I mean, I I absolutely loved being behind the camera. And, you know, the thing that I always say is like, I feel like you were a huge catalyst in my life because you just let us go do our thing, you yeah. know? And like, you, I think you caught on pretty early that that's what I was interested in. Absolutely. I didn't want to be sitting on camera, giving people the news. I wanted to be out yeah. shooting the commercials that were in between the news. Cause we right. made these little, little commercials and stuff. And that's and where that, I had fun. I got to be creative. And, yep. and that, that was really the most creative uh, part of being in my class was whenever because when, I want people to understand. Let's see, how can I set this up? You, you you took my class and we were doing the announcements in a newscast form every day. One class would do, you know, and everybody had a uh, a position. You would just rotate positions every you know week or two weeks every time. So uh, so there was you were going to be an anchor that week, or you were going to be the director the next week. You that's always right. had a job. I forgot that's how it worked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You always had a you had a partner and y'all had a job that to do for that actual newscast. But like the most creative part was like you had to make your own. We had to make a commercial. Everybody that was a commercial group, which is you know you and whoever your partner was, and y'all. And I would just tell you, hey man, you got about three class periods. I don't care what it is. It's got to be promoting the school. I don't care what it is, but you got to go out and be creative and just get it done. And I knew like if I could just left you in that spot, you know, the whole time, you know, <laughs> yeah. you, there's, you know, just you get you start understanding your kids and like your students and understand what they're good at, you know, and what they're. Because there were some kids that just wanted to anchor all the time. And I get sure. that, too. There were some kids that just wanted to, hey, I want to direct the whole time. But right. it makes you better at the other ones if, if, you, if you have to do all of it. It makes you uh, appreciate the one you like the more. 100%. You know? yeah. Yeah. So, I absolutely but, agree. Man, you're right. If I could have just let you just do commercials the entire time, it would have been – Probably could have made some amazing – Well, no, but, man, like looking back yeah. to those things, yeah. like it's, it's, it is – 
in what I do now, which I know that we'll probably get into those things, mm-hmm. but it's like, it's so important to understand every aspect of how these things work, even if you don't actually do that on a daily basis, 100%. because it makes how to execute your yeah. job better. Yeah. And I feel like that maybe at the time we didn't know that, yeah. right? It's like, I just want to be on camera and be fun, or yeah, I want to exactly. do this. And it's yeah. like, but I've kept so much of those things from that class yeah. that have, that was the foundation sure. of like real yeah. Like, we're not just out shooting crap with our dad's camera. Right. We're, it was like a real and thing. And I remember that's what was one of my speeches, kind of. I was like, hey, man, this is not Christmas video uh, class. You're not just getting a video and running around with it and just shooting everything. It's just, hey, we're going to talk about shooting wide, medium, and tight, and what yeah. the reason is for that, and a cut on action and stuff. But I remember shoot, telling you, I remember teaching, and like you and some other guys were just like, okay, man, <laughs> you got to take the reins off. I get it. I understand sure. it. You know? like, sure. So, but uh, I don't want to say I bore people with that because this is, Damn it, I really just want to get into so many things. So tell me what you're doing right now because you got a, you got a really pretty interesting uh, job. It fits right in, I think, with your strengths. What, you're working at Primitive, but tell people what that is. So Primitive is a digital uh, marketing agency here in Lubbock. Um, been around for, I think, 10 years was this October. We celebrated our 10 years as a company. Yeah. So yeah. it's a relatively new company. Um, I started working there in 2018. Um, I'm the senior video producer there. Mm-hmm. So basically, you know, I mean, anything from TV commercials to Pretty much corporate that, video, video work. Pretty much you're just a badass. Well, I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> I would. Yeah, I'm okay. just like, we shoot video, man. And yeah. it's like, yeah, I, I do agree with you. Look, I mean, every day I feel blessed to be able to do what I love to do for yeah. a living. Sure. Not that, look, I mean, it's the same time there's a reality to that, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's like not every project's fun to work on or Absolutely. it's still work, you know, yeah. like you get burnt out. Um occasionally those passion projects come along and you maybe work a little harder. Don't tell my boss on those. Yeah. Okay, um, but you but know, there's, listen to this. I just want you to know, that you may be able to listen <laughs> yeah. to this. Okay. Just so but you know. I mean, look, yeah. I mean, it's been, it's been a great ride. <laughs> yeah. I, um, I honestly, I, I did a lot of, uh, video work before I started at primitive mm-hmm. and I told myself I would never work nine to five and I would never have a boss and I would, you know, all these things. And I'm, it was one of the best decisions I've ever yeah. made just because, um, I've been able to be very creative and I've made, and get a consistent paycheck. That's nice. Yeah, some is, some seasons yeah, there's not a lot of video work yeah, coming exactly. in. You still get paid, man. You <laughs> no, don't have to go out. That's and, me, man. Yeah. I've always been like, ah, dude. No, hell no. I got to be my own person. I can't. Nobody needs to like, you know, hold me back. I got to be creative in my own life. And uh, yeah, but whenever it's like, oh man, but you're gonna have to make some money somehow. Uh, okay. Yeah. Freelance, there's pros and cons. Yeah. Anybody that's ever done freelance anything oh, knows that. You know, I did that for seven years, and it was a grind, and it was a blast, and I've got great memories from doing that. And I got super burnt out, and I realized a lot of things about myself. Like, I'm not, I'm not interested in the business side of these things to the degree yeah. that I needed to be to run a successful business over the course of a long period of time. And, you know, just yeah. like it's like sometimes you get in bad habits where I'm – like, I'll just not work for a few days, yeah, you know? know? <laughs> and that could be dangerous. It, yeah, exactly. Oh, it's very dangerous. Yeah, very, it's a slippery slope once you start man. doing that, man. Yeah. But I but, learned uh, a lot but, from uh, just it. To, just to finish up on, on Primitive, man. Sure. It's just a, you know, I don't, I don't businesses just hire you guys to, you know, you know whatever it may be, a promotional video, an in-house video, a, a commercial. And, my, and, I, and I've seen a ton of y'all stuff, man. It is so clean and crisp and professional. Like, you look at that and well, go, thank you. damn, Thanks, man. man. That's pretty impressive. I'm like, Zane did that? No, I'm just playing. <laughs> Damn, Ty. I know, Ty. No, I'm just kidding. No, no yeah. I mean, we kind of do anything and everything, and that's the beauty of it. And, like, it's a con, too, because sometimes, you know, you got to work on projects you don't love. Yeah. But it, um, 
it's been a great ride. Like I said, there's just every day is a new day. You're yeah. working on projects. Nothing's the same. Like you try to build out. I mean, when I did freelance, we did this. And, and of course, Primitive has done this as well. But they, we have video packages that we sell. And I don't think I've ever done one video that has fit directly into one of those packages. Because yeah. it's always, well, we want to do this package, but we want to add that and that and that. And it's like, well, that's kind of three different. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's, uh, I love that part of it. Something different every day. That is. And that, you know what? Some people, that's not their thing. And, um, you know, it's like me, man. I, I, I get to this. I'm in a, I'm in a sales job, and I, and I love it. I really do. But, you know, there are parameters. I can't go outside. I mean, I'm a pharmaceutical rep. There's FDA guidelines I can't, I can't go outside right. of because, number one, it's illegal. And two, you, you lose your job if you do that. So yeah. I have to think of things like, okay, uh, I, can I do a podcast? What can I do to scratch a creative itch that I have? That you know doesn't pay. This doesn't pay me any money, but damn. I'm, but I think we're on the same lines as far as our, uh, as far as our how we think as goes. Like with the, you know, we have to do something. That's absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I just have to, just have to let my mind work. Well, I feel not, like I get, I get dormant, man, and I get down, and I'm like, dude, and that's a bad. That's bad news for a person like a, a real outgoing creative person like me. That's bad news for a dude like me. I feel like most creatives feel that way. Yeah. Um, and even if they have creative jobs, like I'll tell you that, like, I mean, I'm not creatively fulfilled at my job all the time. Right. In fact, it's pretty infrequent that I feel cre- like I still have, like, I still feel like I have so much to yeah. give. And that's where yeah. you have to do, you got to find those outlets outside of work no doubt. to be able to fulfill yourself. If I don't do that, I'm right there with you. I'm, I find myself just feeling like yeah. down and I yeah. just don't know like it's like I've got to go do something I've got to express myself I've got to be around people I got to I got to keep doing this thing and it, so yeah. yeah and speaking of that being around people I have to I just have to ask him about this this, okay. is, so, this is something I, I wrote down because part of it is it, it's so I'm so jealous of okay and you're not gonna hear, know what I'm talking about here in a second but till I just ask you like I know, okay, you, you love movies. Your brother loves movies. You hang out with people that love movies. Or, or mm. You have a group of friends that just love movies. Every year since I've, I mean, I'm not, y'all host a, or y'all have an Oscars party. And y'all, and you and your buddies or you friends, whatever, and y'all are there. And you'll always post Snapchats or, you know, somebody there. And it's like y'all are waiting on beta breath for like to announce the winner. And then it's like, yeah, you know, I mean, because, yeah, man, and it could be like a best, uh, 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 the score. It's you like know? sound design it, or something, like, and we're freaking yeah, out. Yeah, you know? no, it's and true. I, but I want to be invited to that damn party. Well, shit, so man, so bad. I, I, the fact that we've got to clarify that you're making it sound like it's this like epic thing. What's it's like three of us like in a room just drinking beer, watching the Oscars. Yeah, you're exactly right. It's like. Three people, four people, yeah. but it's dark and there's this big screen and you are just like, and that and the winner is, and then you can hear people saying like, uh, you know, Dune, Dune, it's gonna yeah. be Dune, you know, something, you know, yeah. Parasite's gonna, and then they announce it, and you can, yeah, I love it, dude, man. I'm just so jealous of it. Man. Well, there have we've had some bigger ones in the in the past. The majority of it's like four of us nerds in a room drinking beer, you know, extremely opinionated, so, huge, huge cinephiles yeah. that are just like. I think that we're probably in agreement, you know, like just like a lot of people that the Oscars are their award shows are what they are. Yeah. You know, it's a reason for us to get excited about movies, even yeah. if 90 percent of the time we don't agree with the nominations or the winners yeah, or like yeah. they don't really matter at <laughs> yeah. all anyway. Yeah. Um, but it's so like, you know, I, I, I 
I know that you're a fan of Parasite. Like, it's Absolutely. so fun to yeah. see movies like that that truly deserve to win that we're really rooting for because it's a foreign language film by a director that we've respected for years and years. And win the first Best Picture Oscar for a foreign language film ever at the, in the history of the Academy Awards. Like, that means something to us that follow films yeah. over, like, over the course of our whole lives and, and r- are really passionate about it. Those are the times where it's like the Oscars actually got it right for once. They did. You yeah, know what I mean? Oh, 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 oh yeah. man, I couldn't agree more. But, okay, this is where it's tough for me as a podcaster. I want to keep talking about Parasite, so we're going, but, but just back up real quick. Just sure. For people that don't, you know, I don't think everybody knows what a cinephile is. Okay. So just to, just to give you a definition of that so people know. A cinephile is just a big movie nerd, just yeah, somebody okay. that is hey. just, yeah, that loves films. Yeah. And it's just a nerdy word to say you love movies. Yeah. yeah. Okay, good. I, I wanted to make sure that, yeah. Well, and that would be, yeah. the, so my Instagram name is cinephile with an F. Yeah. And that's actually a cinematic document. So like a film reel or a clapboard or something uh-huh. like that, as opposed to a PH, which means I am a cinephile. Right. I got you. And people get, yeah, confused by that thing. But yeah, yeah. it just means you're a movie nerd, essentially. Right. Yeah. And that's exactly so. what it is. So uh, to, to Come back up to uh, Parasite real quick. Sure. Man, that movie, and I'm telling you people, if you've never seen it, you li- if you're just like, oh my God, what are they talking about? Parasite. Yeah, it was a foreign film, and I wasn't too excited about that, man. I'm a slow reader, despite my mom being a reading teacher forever. Right. I mean, I'm a slow reader. I really am. But man, that, it takes you about five minutes in that movie to be... Uh, if you if you don't like uh, subtitles, it takes you about five minutes to get unfrustrated with that movie. Absolutely, and then you're like, "Oh my god, this is amazing!" And it's one of the best movies I've ever seen. It's masterpiece, one hundred percent, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, Bong Joon Ho, who's the, the director of Parasite, he's made some English language films. I know you're a fan of uh, Snowpiercer. Oh, so good. This See, dude is just on another people, level, some bro. Some people trash the movie. Yeah, well, no, man. And I'm I, like, dude, I freaking loved it. Snowpiercer's incredible, and man. I will, I'll debate anybody about Absolutely, Snowpiercer being man. a great film. I, oh, um, gosh, but thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, and so like, I, I think that one of the things that I thought was mo- one of the most memorable aspects of Bong Joon Ho not only winning Best Director and Parasite winning Best Picture that year is in his acceptance speech. He's talking about the biggest thing and. I'm going to brutalize this, of course, because I can't remember it being word for word. But he's talking about the one-inch barrier at the bottom of the screen where subtitles are and that that is what's holding so many people back from experiencing – honestly, and I completely agree with this – some of the greatest films ever made are foreign language films. And But people have such a stigma around, I'm going to have to read it, right? But like you said – it takes five minutes. You don't even re- you don't even think about reading anymore, yeah. and then you're so absorbed in a, in the in film the that you I, don't even think about it. Oh yeah, I know it. I completely agree with you. And and even like now, like I find myself turning the subtitles on for a lot of now with Game of Thrones, I had to. Well, <laughs> yeah, you can't understand because anyway. it's like, dude, I can. I mean, <laughs> the what, names who, who alone. Are you talking about? Yeah, like, who was that you said? But going into that, this and this is just a great segue okay. into. You made a little post on Instagram. The best movies of 2021. Sure. Now, number one was The French Dispatch, which... I that mean, was number five on the okay, list. Okay, number five, whatever, yeah. okay. But, it, I mean, that's just another one that I bet you 10% of the people that listen to my podcast, which that could be one person, but there may be 10 people that be listening. There's not, trust me. Uh, but I saw that movie, okay? But I just want to say, there, there's a theme here. From, from This is a guy that loves movies and understands them from... Inside the camera, looking through the camera to out. To, uh, right. This is what he does every day. And then the Green Knight. 
Okay. I know you weren't a fan. Not a fan. Okay. How do All you right. know I'm not a fan of that? Because I heard you talking about it on this podcast. Oh, I did? I, I did my research. Come on now. <laughs> oh, okay. You know, I'm all about, you know, fucking avant-garde and, and right. being weird. And, sure. and just, because I, I really am. I love it. But man, God dang. And I love going to the movie by myself. And I saw this movie by myself and I struggled. I just, sure. it was a pain. It was, and I, I, I don't want you to comment yet. Okay. Pain, the okay. Green Knight. And then Licorice Pizza. Fantastic. Okay. Yeah. And here's the thing. These are your top films of 2021. And I'm telling you, I've named three films that I bet you, a lot of people that listen. Sure. And then Dune. We will talk about Dune. Okay. And then um, The Worst Person in the World, which, okay. Yeah. yeah. That was your number one. Number one. But these are the things like, those are those five movies. That's Zane Ennis's top five movies of 2021. And you need to respect this man and what he's, because... I mean, if you're just wanting to go to the movie and just zone out and watch The Rock in, 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 or The Fast and Furious. And that's okay if that's what you want. There's nothing wrong with that. No. 100, that is great, and I love that. But, man, if you wanted to go and, like, truly have an experience, Yeah, man. there you go. Exactly. Look, I mean, it sounds snobbish, and it's pretentious, it and it's it, art house shit, man. That's what it is. <laughs> look, I mean, look, there's, it's like anything else, you know? It's, um, there's an acquired taste for things. Mm-hmm. Um, Look, I, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I'm a wine connoisseur, but I'd like to drink wine. Yeah. And I'll drink a Franzi a box wine and slap the bag. Yeah, and, or right I'll, <laughs> you know, or I'll appreciate a nice wine, but I can't tell you why it's good and yeah. those kind of things. Yeah. I, I just so happen to have been, my taste, I feel like, has been refined because I've been yeah. watching movies my whole life. And I've really kind of dove into film history that um, I don't expect everybody that watches Licorice Pizza to walk out of it and have the experience that I do. Or but Green Knight. I, or the Green Knight. Or the Green Knight. <laughs> Apparently, uh, you know, not everybody feels that way, Ty. Okay. Um, uh, no. And I mean, I feel like some of the cinephile people that hey, you hang out with are going to be like, oh, well, this guy's lost his mind if he, doesn't, if he didn't like the Green Knight. Absolutely you know? not. No. No, man. I mean, it's uh, – look, I mean, everybody has their own taste in things. I know you're a big movie lover. The yeah. fact that, you know, Licorice Pizza is a great movie. Yeah. It's an incredible film. There, I feel like a lot of people can go into Licorice Pizza and – there's really no plot to that movie, yeah, um, which a lot of Paul Thomas Anderson's films are that way. Yeah. But there doesn't need to be like it just for it to be a great film and have a great experience. But I feel like a lot of people, maybe the average moviegoer might walk out of that movie and think literally <laughs> nothing happened in that whole movie. Yeah. You know, like, why did I spend my twelve dollars on a Friday night to go see a movie called Licorice Pizza? Right. Like, you know what I mean? But well, like for yeah. me, I'm a huge fan of the filmmaker. My expectations are set because I know what I'm getting. Yeah. I felt like the same That's, with The Green Knight. I've seen all of his previous films. Yeah. I knew exactly what I was going to get when I went into the theater. Mm-hmm. And it absolutely delivered on my expectations of what I wanted from that movie. Yeah. Now, maybe you had different expectations, or maybe you had no expectations. I actually had zero expectations. So, yeah. Well, I, had, uh, I knew some of the story a little bit, but I had zero expectations. So, um, But here's another question. And then this is getting off of like the intricacies of movie making. Let's talk about the movie-going experience. You're a fan of the Alamo theaters. Love them. Okay. Well, I, and I do too. They're great. Sure. But why would you rather go to Alamo? Just give me the pros and cons of, let's say, just going to Premiere or, or uh, what do you call them, the, uh, the bigger ones? Oh, the, the Cinemark theaters. Cinemark theaters yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Why, why do you like to go to Alamo? Just give me the reason why. Well, I mean, first of all, there's a nostalgic connection there. I went to – so obviously Alamo Draft House started in Austin, Texas. Mm-hmm. My cousin lived there. We used to go visit her, and we would always were big movie people. We'd go see movies at the Alamo Draft House in Austin every time we'd go there, and it was just me and my brother fell in love with it then. Yeah, because I'll tell you right now, first time I mean, this is in, I had to move to Biloxi, Mississippi. I'm interrupting your story. Oh no, you're fine. You're fine. First time I had to move to Biloxi, Mississippi in 2002, 
And that's the first place I ever went where they, uh, you could, you could order a pizza and drink beer. Drink a beer at a while movie. movie. What? And I'm telling you right now, <laughs> this wasn't Alamo Draft House. Yeah, no. This was like, um, hey, the floor's sticky as shit. You can sit down. There's the dude. That There's comes a up charm goes, to that too, yeah, though. He's like, hey, but, man. Yeah. Do you need something? Because like, it's about to start. Kind of deal. And I was like, this is the craziest thing I've ever been to. And there was an experience to that. Like, if I could have done that when I was a kid, you know, that would have been crazy. I mean, not Absolutely. drinking the beer part, but yeah, you know what I mean. For sure. I mean, look. I mean, that's the that was the big selling point. Yeah. The, I, I feel like it's the alchemy of Alamo Draft House is. Look at, listen to that. I know. Ooh. The alchemy get, of Alamo. We're Draft getting deep, House but it is the mixture of a theater chain run by people who seriously love movies and this and we're talking like deep foreign language films like ingmar bergman to exploitation midnight movies to you know they're going to show the marvel movies like it's literally all over the place and so there's that mixed with that experience of i can go have a great meal drink a beer it's expensive but like it's you're paying for an experience you know and sometimes man if i want to go see a movie that i'm interested in that's maybe not as popular whatever like you said Maybe a little bit more underground. That may be the only place I can see it. Absolutely. That's why I'm so glad that they are here in Lubbock. Because some films, it's the only place I have really opportunity to go see that. I live 30 seconds away from the Alamo Draft House oh, here. Yeah. It's like my second home, yeah. man. No, I mean, there's a lot of cool things they do. Like, they've got a film club that they... A lot of these foreign language films are Oscar uh, contenders that only get a limited release. Yeah. Alamo might not be able to, in Lubbock, Texas, might not be able to give an actual theatrical run for that film. But they'll do one screening, you know, and that's like that's all. Like I'm gonna be there. Yeah. Uh, that's all I'm asking for. Yeah. The pe- and that's what's great about that is like, it's not a huge risk for the theater. Okay. The people that are seriously interested in like The Handmaiden by Park Chan Wook, some super, yeah. it's a South Korean movie. Like that theater was sold out that night, and I guarantee you that every single person in Lubbock, Texas, that was interested in The Handmaiden showed up for that so, showing. Yeah. yeah. But Alamo wouldn't have made money if they would have done a week long, yeah. you know, four screenings a day. So the fact that that exists for us, I think, is a huge deal. The last point that I think that Alamo excels over every other theater in, in Lubbock, we're not living in Austin, you know, here, yeah. is that just the picture and sound are consistently perfect, always. I have been to premiere a thousand times where their volume is – I'm literally getting up in the middle of the movie and just me being a freaking nerd, going back there and talking yeah. to somebody and being like, we can't oh, hear oh, the so movie. You're a movie Karen. Like, okay. <laughs> I'm like, dude, I can hear the dude breathing behind me. Like, your movie's not loud enough. Like, I love my movies to be loud. I want to have an audio visual experience. I'm just the manager right now. <laughs> dude, I have done it. That's and that's right. just like, I'm a freaking, dude, I'm a. You're paying your money. You're yeah, paying your money. I pay my money. Yeah. Look, you know? And so it's like, look, I love going to the IMAX at Premiere because that's a different kind of experience. Sure. I saw Dune in IMAX. It's freaking great. Yeah. So, sometimes the me sound's too. too loud, which I'm like, yeah. dude, bring it on. Yeah. I want to feel I, the G force of the sound. Well. Yeah, it was there. But Alamo is just cons- – the, the audio-visual experience is top-notch. Mm. And That's you know, and not only that, but they play a no-texting-no-talking thing in front of the movie. Yes. And it's like, dude, there's well, nothing worse than sitting next to a freaking talker. Why doing that? The, used to, they would just be like, hey, please. It's like a, you barely even see it or even hear it now. At the other movie theaters. I think they're trying to just keep afloat, man, and yeah. they can't well, afford true. to be, you live, know. Okay, man, listen to me. I live, uh, uh, you know, 30, you live 30 seconds from, from uh, Alamo. I live 30 seconds from Premier here in the mall. Yep. So as a convenience factor, I go down there. Now. Sure. I'm not hating on it. No, it's no, still a theater experience. Say, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, that's fine. But, you know, I still want to, I would still want to go and enjoy the experience. And they had, no, I don't want really to talk bad about movie theaters here, but it's just, it's 
I go it's by a myself. Big, it's I, a I'd big rather thing. go to the movie by myself now than, than anything. I really do. I've had like, some of the best experiences of yeah. my life going to the movie by myself. Absolutely. And I feel like so, that's a stigma that a lot of people yeah. that aren't maybe yeah. they don't want to go to the movie alone. It's like I, there's a lot of things I don't want to do alone, and I understand. But sure. there's there's a great time to be had sitting in a dark theater by yourself having an experience. Absolutely. I will vouch for that all day. I agree. So that's cool. But I, I always wanted to ask you that. Like, what was uh, like? Why do you? Because I know you go to Alamo. I didn't know what was the draw there versus yeah. other movies, which, you know, I get it because I like Alamo. They're too, big. So yeah, and yeah. if we want to tie it back into Parasite, they actually um, renamed one of their theaters. Correct me if I'm wrong, but they renamed one of their theaters last year after Bong Joon Ho, who directed Parasite. And I'm yeah. like, if that doesn't tell you where their heart's at. Yeah. Because they just, they're huge the ne- film the, fans, yeah, the man. Film. Yeah, that's cool. They're, they're, and that's you awesome. Know, the pandemic it's, almost took them down, know, but they're they still. They shut down, didn't they? Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. Wow, they're saying it, man. They almost yeah. took them down, but honestly. They're I'm glad one of my favorite places ever, man. Yeah. Okay. You want to play Todd down? Let's do it. Because I got a whole other list of things that we're okay. going to talk about. All right. About. No, no, no. Let's play it. I'm let's, ready. Yeah, okay. I'm ready. Because, yeah. So you're going to play Todd down uh, for the folks listening at home or in your car or wherever in jail. Uh, I think I do have a couple of people in jail that listen. So <laughs> don't ask me how. So uh, uh, here are the rules for, when, for Todd down. This is my game. Uh, T-Y-E apostrophe D-O-W-N, tied down. I just envision the person playing tied down. There are going to be five questions, Zane, and I'm going to ask you these five questions, and um, some of these questions will have a real, like you, you actually can get them wrong or right. Well, you can, all, you can get all of them wrong or right, but some may be opinions, and I'll tell you whether that opinion is wrong or right. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> some, you know, will actually, you know, have like a real right answer. And then I will divvy out the uh, points unresponsibly and just uh, wildly. Who cares? So we have five questions. There also will be a bonus six question if I feel you need it to okay. win the game. Bring it on. Okay. Zane Ennis. Are you ready to be tied down? Tie me down. Uh, okay. Tie me down, Ty. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, right now, you are officially tied down. Number one, what's the best Matthew McConaughey film ever? Mm. I'm going to cheat here, and I'm going to say, no, wait, hold on, hold on. Is there a time limit here? Not on this one. Not Not on this one. No time limit. All right, give me two seconds. Now, I will not tell you wrong or right until the game is over. We will go back and go through the questions. All right, So, but I mean, hey, man, let's just not. Is it his best movie or best performance? My question when I wrote down is, what's the best Matthew McConaughey film? Take that for what not, it's worth. Not limited, not limited series? Does that count? No, you could not. Uh, no, no, you can't pick limited series. Okay, okay, okay. I, We would agree on that. Okay, so, yeah. all right, all right, all right. Yeah. Hmm, I'm going to have to go with best Matthew McConaughey film. It might not be my favorite, but when I'm, but I'm going to have to probably go with Dallas Buyers Club. Okay, number three. Number three. Oh, we're skipping oh, sorry, around. Number two, excuse me. <laughs> I was like, it says name three. I, 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 sorry, all right, sorry. all right. Number two. All right. This one is uh, a timed question. Okay. I'm going to give you uh, 16 seconds. 16. Randomly. Oh, I don't know. Shit. 16 seconds. Okay. I got time. All right. Um, I need three states starting with the letter I. Illinois. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. I feel like an idiot right now. Illinois. Um, dude. I got one. Seven seconds. I got one. I'm out. That's right. it. Number That's three. It. 
It's supposed to be movie questions, Ty. No, man, it's all over the place, man. I have I always have a geography question. Uh, Why do you think I only work in okay, video? Okay, hey, number three. You ready? Mm-hmm. Also timed. Okay. I'll give you a little bit more time on this one. Okay. Uh, let's give you 20 seconds, okay? 20 seconds on the clock. Name three NFL mascots that are birds. Go. Falcon, eagle. Oh. Oh, my. Seahawk. Okay. Number four. Who is the only cast member to win an Emmy for their role on Game of Thrones? Peter Dinklage. Number five. Who's the best director? Dine Villevier. <laughs> Quentin Tarantino. Christopher oh, Dolan. It ain't Christopher Nolan. Okay. It's either Denny V yeah. or uh, Quentin Tarantino. Oh, man, that's tough. I'm going to have to go with Quentin only because um, I feel like his filmography is going to end up being more iconic. But I potentially think that Denis Villeneuve is the better filmmaker. So. Okay. Um, <laughs> I don't know. That's a tough one. But okay, it ain't okay, Christopher okay, Nolan. Fine. I can okay, tell you that well, much. Yeah, that's fine. You're good. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to give you the number six. You're going to need the bonus question, and that's fine. Okay. Okay. Who is the best character on Game of Thrones? The best character on yeah. Game of Thrones. Take it for what it's worth. I don't know what you're going to say. I have one. I know what the right answer is because I have the right answer. So you're basically asking me a question that out of 500 cast members, you if bet. I don't get guess that exact hey, one. down ain't easy, Zane. It ain't easy. <laughs> okay. I'm not, it's not here, so I feel walk, like the one I want to say is. In. You don't walk up these majestic stairs here to my apartment and go. I'm just gonna walk <laughs> in and just, and just and, and slay right, this, right, right, right. this uh, tied down uh, I, game. I'm gonna get this wrong, but and this, it, I don't know if this is my favorite actual character, but this is definitely coming out of left field. Okay, you're not expecting this. Okay, it, that I think some of the best parts of the show mm-hmm. and where maybe the show went a little wrong is that it didn't invest in more moments like this were with Melisandre. Oh, God. Because her, Melisandre's moments, man, were the the high fantasy moments of that show, I think were at its peak when Melisandre was in the mix. She's not my favorite character, but she's one of the best. You're officially untied. Oh, thank God. Right now, but we're going to go through the answers. We'll find out if you win or not. I did not thought you... I lost, man. Oh, man. Okay, well, number one, what's the best Matthew McConaughey film? You answered Dallas Buyers Club. It's close. It's not right, though. Mud is the correct uh, answer to that one. Mud. Yep. Uh, you want to... Uh, Jeff Nichols is my favorite director. Hey, man, he's a great filmmaker. But see, I would sit there and say that Take Shelter and... I, Take Shelter, for sure, is a better film than Mud. But I definitely... I appreciate Mud. I like it. Okay. I Reese said, Witherspoon, though. Come on. Oh, man, come on, man. <laughs> Name three states, starting with I. That was number two. You named Illinois. What are some other okay, states? There, there, there's, I said name three, which I needed three of the four. There's only four, but, you know, you could go on with That Idaho, sounds like a lot to me. Oh, my God. Indiana. And I want to give a big shout-out right now, because, <laughs> listen, I was in a hotel about two months ago, because I have to travel a lot right now, in Las Cruces, New Mexico. I'm at the bar doing an expensive port, just – Doing my thing, and a dude sits down next to me, man, and we're just having chat, man, having a good time. We start talking about this podcast, man, <laughs> and he's from Iowa. Oh, and that is my. <laughs> I should have known that, man. I was a huge Slipknot fan when I was growing up. I should have known that they're from Iowa. Come on, <laughs> come on, man, that's terrible. Come on, man. That's so, terrible. All right, 
So you missed out on that. I said name three NFL mascots that are birds. You uh, got that correct. You you read off with uh, Eagles, I think, was first. Yeah. Or and then you said Falcons and Seahawks. Falcons and Seahawks. You could have gone with Ravens or Cardinals. So there you go. But we got three. But you did. You got. All right. It. I got Absolutely. one point right yep. now. I said number four. This is actual right. What see. You see those th- the three, two, three, and four have real answers, you know? Sure. So, yep. and four, I said, who's the only cast member to win an Emmy for their role? You said Peter Dinklage. That's correct. Yeah. yeah. For Tyrion Lannister. Yeah. Uh, okay. I, I, would, I, would, I would argue that maybe some people should won roles in that. Absolutely. Other than Peter Dinklage. But that's 100%. Okay. Uh, I said, who's the best director out of uh, the French guy that directed uh, Dune? Which I, I, just, I just butcher his name. So, yeah. <laughs> We but, just call him Denny V. Denny V. It's okay, Denny Villeneuve. We call him Denny Quentin V, Tarantino. man, like we know him. And uh, you went with Christian, uh, or Quentin Tarantino, excuse me, and that is correct. I did write that down. Quentin hey, Tarantino. let's yes. go. Yes, absolutely. Okay. And I think his movies have gotten better. I me. agree. And I just had a I, binge. I, like- so I'll pick it back up. I'm a, a Quentin Tarantino is correct. Okay. And I, and I just said, just give I'm me just, a nut for that though. Let's yeah. Go. Thank you, man. QT uh, gets some it, hate it, nowadays. Yeah. I don't know why. I know. And I like his films nowadays. I think the ones he's come up with later than I, I really like now. Cause I wasn't the biggest fan of like, um, Pulp Fiction was great. I get it, but I just don't think I respected it back then. Mm. And I don't think I respect like Jackie Brown. And that's not, it just wasn't my thing. Sure. You know? So, but I'm gonna tell you right now, when Inglorious Bastards Oof. came out, there's, there's probably, it's hard to find. I would argue it's hard to find a better movie than that. When uh, uh, the Hollywood, uh, what Once is it? Upon a Time in Hollywood. Well, I think man. it's one of the best movies I've ever seen, honestly. It's incredible. So, and then uh, the one, I, I, I struggle with names a lot, but the one with Jamie Foxx and uh, Django Unchained. Django Unchained, unbelievable. So, yeah, I, so there you go. Congratulations, you got that correct. We're going to finish this game and then we have to talk about QT for a minute. Okay. We all right. We'll talk about that. Also, uh, the. The bonus question I gave you was the best character on Game. That's a right. You have a hard time. You're gonna have a hard time answering it correctly because it's who I think. And you were talking, and I was like, "Oh my he got god!" It. He's oh wait, get it. hold on. Let me try was, one more. This doesn't like, count. But let me just guess. You didn't get it, but man, I was like, was "Jesus, like, he's gonna get it." Was it Bran Stark? No. Fuck, who was it? It's Theon Greyjoy, boy. <laughs> Theon, Greyjoy. Theon is your favorite oh, character. My favorite, oh dude. my god, uh, I feel I, like you are definitely in the minority. Dude, with that I, one. I was gonna bet on him uh, and. Uh, if I could find it, he was going to be on the throne. I thought he might have taken the throne at the end. Dude, if Theon got the throne, I feel like it would have got more hate for the ending of season eight than it already I got. I know, because it got a ton. But, dude, it was like, man, I'll tell you right I would have never got Theon that right, by the is, way. Like, dude, I'll tell you right now, I think they could do a full series on Theon. and He definitely has yeah, an extreme, I, yeah. like, extremely deep character arc, which yeah, I really man, appreciate. Yeah. I really appreciate from where that man, guy started. He, he was having to deal with that. He wasn't, he's never belonged. You yep. know, he was like, dude, I'm part of the Starks. Am I? Am I not? You know, I just love his character. The depth of his character is a lot. It's a lot. Incredible writing. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. yeah. No, I agree, man. It's and, and incredible writing. Reek part and all. I was like, come on, dude, man. When he was reeked, that dude, was tough. Dude. And I mean, dude, you're watching that going, this is tough to watch, but man, a lot of this is pretty, this is pretty <laughs> like, man, you know? Yeah. And so I just would look at it like. Okay, so I went for a, like a whole like five years where every pair of sneakers I bought, I would give them a name. I just had a pair. I would give them a name, whatever. Okay. And I had these pair of Adidas I bought, and they were gray, and I called them the Gray Joys. Yeah, that was the name I gave them. So, yeah. Hey, dude, Nike needs to come out with a line called the Gray Joys. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on now. Let's go. Let's go. 
Um, okay. Well, let me just tell you right now. Okay. You did win. So congratulations. Wow. Yeah, I don't know yeah, how. You did. You did. I got well, one state right. So well, that's fine. That. And then that was rough. You did get the Matthew McConaughey question right. But I'll give you partial credit on that because uh, Dallas Buyers Club is uh, right there. It's a great film. Yes. Actually, I think I watched part of it last night. Um, and then you didn't get the eyes, but you got the other ones. Right. You got Quentin Tarantino right. And um, so there you go. I think I'll, take, I'll take I think, a dub. I, tell you, I think that was enough points to win. And I'm the only judge, and I'm the only one that matters. So congratulations, Zane. You have one tied down. Beautiful. Congratulations. Beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. So you said you want to talk about uh, QT? I just okay. want to mention old QT for yeah, a minute. Okay, give me a Dude, mention. I'll, okay, I'll the fact that you chose – okay, so I, I'll, I'll say something real quick. But then I'm curious on why you chose QT over Christopher Nolan and uh, Denis Villeneuve because I know you're a big interstellar guy. So – Let's for a second. Growing up, I Pulp Fiction was one of those, which it was for everybody at the time. Yeah. Maybe not, maybe not you at the time, no, but, but like but it was, it was right in the heat of the pop culture, and I mean, it changed the way people like. It was when I was in high school or caught like right then. It was in sure. the, it was like the, I was the target audience for that movie, Absolutely. and I just don't think I was ready for it. That's yeah. what I'm telling you. I just don't think I was ready for it. And I, I. See, by the time I saw it, it yeah. came out when I was three. So yeah. it was 94, hey, I man. believe. Okay. Or maybe 90. It came out in 94. Uh, you know, it won the Palme d'Or at Cannes yeah, Film yeah. Festival, which is insane to think that a Quentin Tarantino movie would win at the biggest foreign language film festival on the face of the earth. Um, you know, and then it did pretty well at the Oscars and stuff. But by the time I had seen it, there have been a million imitations of Pulp Fiction created. So the film language of that type of movie had already mm-hmm. become kind of a popular thing, maybe. Mm-hmm. But there was never a film as good as Pulp Fiction, yeah. of course. And yeah. so I think maybe I had watched a lot of films that kind of felt like what a Pulp, Pulp Fiction, Fiction was. Yeah. And then I saw Pulp Fiction, and it just blew my mind. Yeah, and I was, grew up with a was poster on my wall. Bit. Yeah, whenever, I mean, this was my senior year in high school you're yeah. talking about. And I mean, when I watched it, I was like, oh, man, you know, I'm just like, what's happening? I was like, this is crazy shit, though. There's a lot of craziness going on in this movie, but I'm not sure I'm really understanding, you know. Digesting and kind like, of what was going on. And, yeah. you know, I left, and I'm one of those, you know, I'm one of the, I was, back then, I was a guy that left that going, Samuel L. Jackson is bad, dude. I love that guy. <laughs> Hell you know? yeah. And, and not thinking like, that was an amazing movie. You know what I'm saying? Sure. I'm just like, you know. Anybody that has a wallet that says bad motherfucker yeah, on exactly. it. Yeah, exactly. Like. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and I mean, I'm, I'm, the one, I'm the guy that walked out and was like, Royale with cheese. You know, and I wasn't. Hell yeah. I didn't get the, I didn't, and I didn't grab the whole thing. See, so I was I part of the whole, like, what's in the briefcase. Yeah, you know, like, exactly. I was like, mind blown and so, like, freaking out about that. So I'm glad you brought that up because it's just me, man, being, you know, I didn't come around till later. So being, sure. being 17 years old, watching that movie, I didn't, I wasn't ready for that. You know what I mean? I get it. I just it. wasn't ready. I don't feel like the world was ready for it. No, like, probably not. It just changed yeah. film. It, yeah. it seriously what, changed what about, the what film about, landscape. So, well, so QT, are you finishing that thought? What was that thought you had on QT? Well, no, I mean, I just, like, you're talking about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, yeah. and as, like, a fan, like, I saw Pulp Fiction growing up, and it really kind of informed my, like, how I want to make movies. Like, every kid at that time that mm-hmm. had a video camera wanted to make Pulp Fiction. Me and my brother wrote a screenplay that not until like four years after that, that I reread that we basically just rewrote Pulp Fiction. Like mm-hmm. we didn't know we were writing it. You mm-hmm. know, we wrote a script at the, like it was like a 60 page script and it was just, it was Pulp Fiction, you know, yeah, cause we were so course. obsessed yeah. with Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we were, I'm a huge kill bill fan and all this stuff, but I do, 
I feel like that maybe I'm in the minority that like Inglorious Bastards is a masterpiece, but <coughs> Hateful yes. Eight and Django oh, yeah. aren't my favorite right. Quentin but, Tarantino films, but I feel like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was an yeah. absolute return to form yeah. yep. for him. And like the ending of that movie, man, I cannot describe to you that I can't tell you the last time I was sitting in a theater howling with laughter yeah. at the ending of a movie where Leo's torching that yeah. hippie in the in the pool with a flamethrower. No, I mean, you know, spoilers if you haven't seen the movie, well, obviously. it's been out long enough. Man. Yeah, I guess yeah, so. Yeah. so. But yeah. it's like, dude, that's just like, that's my kind of humor. Right. I have a very dark sense of humor and I'm just literally, cr- like, yeah. I don't laugh out loud at a lot of stuff. Like, I'll chuckle. Yeah. I was literally crying laughing yeah. when Brad Pitt's like to- smashing their faces oh, and, 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 and he's, the and mantelpiece. He that, uh, psychedelic or whatever and he's freaking out. Like, well. And I mean, that's hilarious to me. That scene, like, yeah, that's just so funny at the end. I Incredible yeah. climax. Yeah. And we and like Brad Pitt, like, dude, yeah. what a, he oh, won the Oscar that he's yeah. been pining for his whole career for that movie. Yep. And it's well-deserved. What a okay. performance, man. I have to talk about this real quick. Cause okay. I talked about it on a couple of, I can't remember if I was on a pick four podcast or if I was on my own podcast. I don't remember. We're talking about movies or something. Sure. And it, just to agree with you. Yes. I think interstellar is one of the greatest movies I've ever seen, but this is talking about uh, once upon a time in Hollywood. Okay. Now, I consider myself a thespian. I've been in two short films. You know, I know what's going on. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm proud of them. But <laughs> I said that facetiously. I've been in two short films. That's not facetious. But yeah, okay. So, but to wrap my mind around Leonardo DiCaprio, okay. He's, his, his role is an actor. The role in the movie is an He's actor. playing an actor. Yeah. yeah. Now, the Western movie scene. Oh, my Where God. he is having to, he, he's an actor, but he has to get in the mind of an actor playing a character in a movie. And, I mean, dude, that's like it's so. It's Inception. It if we're not going to reference Christopher crazy, Nolan here. Dude. I mean, I'm like, as to, for me, to, I, 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 as I've done a, a, those short films, or I mean, sure. dude, to, to, to a. I mean, man, I'm looking at the. He's going, one of the best, man. Dude, for I can't a reason. believe he's doing that, and like, and they would like yell "cut" in the movie, and then he goes to back to his character. Absolutely, that's, and that's that's just it's nearly like fuck, man. That's too much for me. I'm like, dude, <laughs> dude, that's amazing, dude. Talking about that scene, there's an there's a moment in that exact that mm-hmm. exact moment in the film is something that I've never seen done in a movie before, because he's on the set of this TV show that he's starring in, in the film. Like, he's an actor, he's starring in a TV show, he's playing the villain in the TV show, and he is... So, like, this whole scene is being shot where you're thinking of it as, like, this is just the movie I'm watching, right? Right. Like, this is Quentin Tarantino directing Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and we're watching it. Leo's given his performance as the character in that scene, and then the camera's dollying around, and then Leo fucks up the scene. Yes, and the thing is that they yell cut in the movie and the camera dollies back to position A. Yes. And it is mind-blowingly yeah. brilliant because it's just like your brain is thinking, oh, I'm just watching the movie. But mm-hmm. what you were actually watching was the TV show inside the movie. Yeah. And it's insane to that, just – that's the Quentin Tarantino stuff that, that he just see, – to me, it's just another level genius. of – That's genius stuff that it you – yeah, yeah, Man, to, and I, you touched on it right when we started today. Just to – like when you're talking about Braveheart, just to – and that, how to work that to get that on film? Just thank God Almighty, that just takes so much to do. Well, okay, it does. I don't want to. Uh, uh, okay, I want to get. <laughs> I need to get a positive, not a positive. I, no, no, no. That, that's a. I want to get an honest, honest. Okay. Film review. Sure. Okay? Sure. And. I love this. Let's yeah, go. I want to get an honest film review from you. 
Okay. And I don't know if you've seen it, but I want you, I think you have. Okay. I'm almost 90% sure that you have. Bring it on. Title of the film is She Wolf. <laughs> wow. Give me your honest, honest film review. Masterpiece, of, obviously. Of she Wolf. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I mean, that, that's a, that film should have won the Oscar for uh, Best Picture, as far as you I'm concerned. I haven't never, I've never seen it, but you know, I'm just, <laughs> no, okay. I'm just telling you, there's good things about that Let's movie. talk about Let's the talk- synopsis of She-Wolf. Um, <laughs> when, what, tell me why I brought that up. Okay, all right. So when, when I was younger, my brother and I used to make short films when we were kids, like really young. Um, yes. But it was, I think my freshman year in high school, I had a best friend at the time that was a super artistic guy that we just yeah. became best friends because we you know, nerded out about that stuff. And my brother had a friend that was into that stuff too, so we started making movies together. Yeah. With, the, with just a camera at home, yeah. I mean, with just, just a camera at home. Yeah, I yeah. was editing on Windows Movie Maker, Hell yeah. which was a pain in the ass. Hell but yeah, like, I mean, we're, you know, <laughs> good God. Yeah. And uh, the company was called Innerg Productions because it was Innis, and the last name of my friend was Greg backwards. Like, horrible. Like, what a terrible oh, name for a production company. Dude, <laughs> I love that shit, man. I think that's but amazing. Like, we were, here's the deal, just as a kind of, um, the way to describe the type of films that we made as kids were, were the typical, you know, young boys that were just obsessed with violence yeah. and just like thought killing people was so much fun. Yeah. So all of our movies were just full of like absolute slaughter. Like, and it was literally <laughs> like, that's the only way to describe it. And I'm telling you, you watch some of those films now and some of that violence looks maybe a little too real. Do like we knew that? what we were doing. Like yeah. we knew what we were doing. Because we watched Braveheart when we were six years old. Absolutely. You know, so it's like you grow up watching that. You learn how to do it from the best. Mel Gibson, shout out. Um, but She-Wolf was a film about... And it was your own film. I just want to make sure everyone knows. She-Wolf was a film that you yes, and your brother made. That's correct. A film that I made with my brother and a good a friend research, of mine. Man. I had to do a little all right, research. All right, yeah, all right. Yeah. I love it. I love it. She-Wolf just came out of nowhere. I was expecting like like 2001 A Space Odyssey yeah, or something over no, here. man. No, I'm going straight um, to the real stuff. So She-Wolf was about uh, <laughs> three brothers, and one of the brothers gets murdered by the she-wolf which is okay. like this creature of the forest and so <laughs> the other two brothers set out to avenge their brother's yeah. death and hunt down the she-wolf and it's ridiculous okay. i mean r- the she-wolf in the film actually was like my brother with a halloween wolf mask on and whitey tidies <laughs> and we're no we're literally my mom's out there helping us do this we're strapping we're strapping fireworks so we would fill up a giant ziploc bag full of fake blood and we would put fireworks uh strapped to it yeah and we've got like fake guns, you know, and we're yeah. shooting them and those fireworks will go off and explode the blood bag to look like we're yeah. got a squib on somebody. Yeah. And honestly, some of it looks, looks pretty like- good, man. <laughs> uh, and there's a funny story about, yeah. it wasn't She-Wolf, it was another film that we're shooting. So most of this stuff we'd be doing in the backyard, whatever. One day, uh, we're shooting in the front yard and it's just a bloodbath. And my mom's out there having a blast with us and taking photos and my dad pulls up home from work yeah. and is just pissed because yeah. he's just like, we cannot kill people in the front yard. Yeah. <laughs> like that's a, that's like, that's a family story that they love to tell. And we're just soaked in blood yeah. and like the neighbors are out in the yard yeah. looking at us and stuff. Yeah. And it's like, man, I mean, yeah. you know, I feel like that. Well, okay. Part of my research that I did a little deep dive and sure. I, I, I dug up a quote from your mom that said, if you're going to kill each other, do it in the backyard. That's what it was, man. That's it. That's it, man. That's it. I mean, it's just, that, if that doesn't tell you the yeah. support, though, yeah, that my absolutely. family, you know, it's like they were always just like, we know you're making some, you know, 
like at the time probably they're like i don't know what got wrong with these kids what did we do wrong you know because they're just over here like we're not over here making like shakespeare in love we're making like no man like hostile or you know hunting here yeah this uh, is not good it's not philosophically you know uh it's not going to stimulate your brain it's pure exploitation violence man but no we had so much fun and it was just like looking back like i love it my i learned how to cut films yeah editing terrible windows movie maker so tough but it would yeah. crash every 20 minutes and you'd have to start over this product <laughs> dude there was i edited a 40 minute short film in windows movie maker and that thing probably crashed i can't five six times and we had to start over and it was like insane but we got it done it's terrible of course you know yeah. but we we had so much fun doing it and it yeah. was just i yeah. i look back on doing that and it's just like there was no reason like our audience was just like to show my mom and dad. Yeah. Like, and that was enough for me. And I remember <laughs> yeah. showing my mom and dad the, the first film that we made called Hume Urger. And it was about a guy who ran a burger joint. Say it again. Out of, wait, 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 it's wait. called Hume Urger. And it's about a guy who ran a burger joint and he would kill his patrons and make burgers out of them. And my parents were... Yeah, that shit needs to go in the backyard, Zane. That needs <laughs> yeah. to be done in the but backyard. But it was just like, it was a horror movie, man. It was a horror movie. And we had so much fun making it. And I remember like being nervous to show my parents. And my mom cried when she watched it. Because she was just so, so proud. proud. Yeah. She was just like, y'all just made a movie. Yeah. And like they were my audience yeah. growing up. And it was just like, when I saw that reaction, That's I was amazing. like, we can do this, you know? And oh, we just... Man. Like they were disturbing little horror movies, but... To get that support, <laughs> like a so lot of parents might watch funny. that and yeah. just be like, yeah. you need to go to therapy or you yeah. need something, you know, whatever. And it's just like, I and have it, always had yeah. the most supportive people around me. Exactly. And that's just like, if somebody would have told me that's, at that yeah. age, that's wrong, yeah. which it's not, by it's the not, way, no, if wrong. somebody yeah. would have said that's wrong, you can't do that. <laughs> my life would have turned out differently. But yeah, they, exactly. My mom's crying and supporting me. Yeah. And here, here we are. Well, so. well, well, and what's your mom's name? Her name's Sharon. Uh, Sharon, see? Sharon, shout Sharon's out. a I'm legend. You, absolutely, yeah. she is. Speaking of that, my mom's a legend, too. And you talk, we were talking about her. Absolutely. Before we turned the mics on, uh, you're like, dude, I don't remember. <laughs> you're like, my memory's terrible, but you're like, I do remember being in your mom's class. And she is legendary. Uh, she and really I, and is. I, and I'm, I take that to heart because I do. Uh, I think she's amazing. And uh, she's one of the most amazing people. But so my love for movies, I think, came from my mom. Really? Not my dad. My dad wasn't. I mean, I don't sure. even, you know, whatever. My mom would take me to the movies, though. But, Zane, you got to listen to this, dude. She would, during the summertime, I and mean, I'm talking like as early as like six or seven years old. And she hates it when I tell this story, but it's real. It's true. I mean, n- nonstop, man. We would go double feature every time. And we would go see one I wanted to see and one that she wanted to see. That's fair. And you know what we did? And I'm not bullshitting you, dude. She had it lined out, knew exactly what was going to happen. We paid for one movie, and then we snuck into the other one non I love it. Oh. Non. I mean, dude, we did it almost. I didn't even know it was wrong. I remember thinking, like, I remember figuring out that that wasn't, <laughs> that was against, like, the law. Yeah, you're like, there's just, the second one's just yeah, free, right? That's what I thought. <laughs> I, honestly, for a long time as a kid, I was just like, dude, uh, Sometimes we'd just catch, like we would miss the beginning of it or whatever, but that's just the way she, she knew it was up. That's just that legend in that's it. Just, yeah. <laughs> she's, she's gonna, she hates when I say that. Well, movies were just expensive back then. And I'm telling you right now, my mom was 45 years old the first time I ever heard her walk up to the front of a movie theater and go, I need uh, two tickets, uh, one child, and one senior citizen. And I was like, my hey. mom's been doing senior citizen ticket, adult, whatever that was. 
Good Since for she was her. Like 40. Good for her. <laughs> Hell yeah. Just like, do what you got to do to get in the theater. I love it. it. That's she beautiful. She, she always loved movies, man. And we, we would always watch movies together growing up. Your mom's I, the best. Yeah, she's, she's fantastic. Absolutely. She really what's crazy is. is that I love like watching Game of Thrones with her. She loves she loved Game of Thrones. Oh, man. I bet that was oh, a trip. Man. And I'm going to tell you right now, it was a short period of time in my life where I was living at home. And I had to, because I mean, I was, you know, in the, <laughs> I was in the middle of a crisis. We've all but been you know there. what? Sunday. Game of Thrones come on, and she'd be like, we would just DVR. I just love it, man, because you know there'd be different words like sex scenes, or this, <laughs> and she would just be going, fast forward. Just fa- why do they have to do that? Why do they have to put that in there? And I was like, Mom, it's shut Game up. of Thrones. I was like, shut up. <laughs> I'm trying to watch this. Well, uh, I just don't get it. But then you know what, man? I feel like we're beginning to the we're in the middle of the last season, and, mm-hmm. and I did a, I took a Snapchat of her. I don't remember. I have it saved somewhere, but she goes, uh, I go, Mom, what's going to happen in Game of Thrones? It's going to be the Finale, dude, and it, damn it, dude, she nearly called it. Like I love I it. I mean, I was like, damn, mom. I mean, dude, honestly, yeah. I think I remember back when Game of Thrones was on, seeing your Snapchats <laughs> of your mom watching it. I, w- I honestly, I think I did, dude. It was crazy. That's man. that's insane, yeah, man. If, if Game of Thrones didn't reach, uh, you know, a total wide audience, like that does that proves it Absolutely, right there. Man. I was yeah. there watching. Mom, she's like, yeah, like riveted oh, on the edge man. of her seat. Absolutely, <laughs> that's I mean, beautiful. Dude, it was so funny, man. It's beautiful. Of, but I, I love it because she gets it. You know, she gets like the. Uh, you know, I mean, there's a lady that loved reading, and she, yeah. could, talk, she could teach symbolism, and so, so I knew sure. about these, you know, these literary things, you know, that would come through in movies. Sure. Um, My mom was an English later. teacher too. Yeah. When I so, yeah. so I mean, there you go. You get it from them, man. It's like Absolutely. I'm the same way as you. It's so, like my yeah. dad was a sports guy. My mom was an English teacher. And then where do you think the creativity comes from? You bet. You know what I mean? Yep. You bet. That's me too. And so. <laughs> To transition into uh, a movie that we could talk about that you love, um, I was a small child, not a small, like a young, a, I would say, I don't know, seven, eight, nine, ten, somewhere in that area. Sure. And mom took me, and I couldn't wait to go see it. Mom took me to see Dune. Oh, the yes. Lynch version. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. And Zane, I'm going to tell you right now, I have never been more <laughs> disappointed in my entire life. I was so effing mad yeah i was like i don't even understand anything that happened i have some action figures already that i got before even dune came out man and i didn't even know i didn't it was so over my head of course as not a, kid, a great film not, no well, i was no. so pissed dude i was <laughs> yeah. so pissed off at it yeah but so, that's legendary that you saw uh, that in theaters though yes like With, that's mom, crazy mom like, that. i couldn't wait to see it that's oh, mind-blowing yeah. that your mom was like we're going to see yeah. dune yeah. like that's that's, that's so yeah. dope i mean yeah. the idea of you guys going to see a david lynch film <laughs> in theaters blows my mind because obviously that dude's like you yeah. know the king of avant-garde surrealism yeah. that is kind of broken through to some form of mainstream, uh, right. and that's just mind blowing that you guys and, were and, there. And so I told you earlier, I was like, when I saw Pulp Fiction, you know, I, just, I told myself I, I wasn't ready for that. Sure. As an eight-year-old kid, I wasn't ready for Dune. Obviously. I don't know if there's anything that can prepare you to watch David Lynch's Dune because it's just not a good movie. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I mean, there's parts there's parts of it. Like, I'm a Dune fanatic. I've read the book. Now, yeah. I'm not like a huge Dune nerd. Like, there are people out there kind of like Star Wars nerds that know yeah. every detail of the universe. But I've read the book and, and, and stuff like that, and I've seen the Lynch version. Yeah. And uh, Oh, my gosh, man. It's not a good movie. And, no. Not a good adaptation. You know what? And like I said, we always did a double feature, right? Mom and I. And sure. I think. Man, I'm I could, like, what is paired with Dune that I day? I think it was Yentl <laughs> with Barbara Streisand. That's Dune. incredible. And I can tell you right now, I think I was so upset about Dune that, I mean, 
I was like, man, Yentl was better. And Yentl, absolutely, as a seven or eight year old, Yentl, I wouldn't watch that now. There's no way, man. Sure. It's just sure. a, it's about a girl that wants to be a boy. That's a, she's going to be a Jewish. It's, it's Barbara <laughs> Streisand, man. Yeah. I mean, dude, I don't even do Barbara yeah. Streisand now. No. I mean, come on, man. Yeah, so, I feel you, I feel dude. You. It was just. I couldn't believe that day, man. It was terrible. What a that's an epic memory, though. I'm telling you. And yeah. like, dude, there's so much like the history of David Lynch's Dune is like just a crazy <laughs> film history moment, and it's one of those cautionary tales. Yeah, you know where it's like the six. The irony is that Star Wars, so much out of Star Wars, was born out of Frank Herbert's Dune. Yeah, and then Star Wars came, like the movie Star Wars came out, and then. Dune came out, and I think a lot of people were yeah. like, "Oh, it's going to be Star well, Wars." Where the irony I, I, I is that still it's still in the big Star Wars nerd. Yep, I'm still, yeah, I mean, as a kid, you couldn't even. I mean, dude, you couldn't. I couldn't stop thinking about Star Wars. So sure. I guess I had some of that. That's ex- you're, that's a great correlation. People are expecting I think Star that's Wars. Exactly what I was thinking, and I, it's not at all. Right. It's the antithesis to Star yeah. Wars in some way. Yeah. Um, I don't. I haven't liked Sting since then. I don't like any of his music. <laughs> hey, man, or but you got to appreciate like the diaper he's wearing. <laughs> the whole movie. Terrible, man. I was like, come on, dude. I yeah, mean, I, I was like, I don't even care. Um, I, I, I hated him. But fast forward to the new Dune. Sure. And I like we we, we spoke about it earlier. We saw it in IMAX. Yes, or not together, but both of us. Yeah, and. It's one of those movies I really think that you need to see it like that. You, the, the whole thing that Denny Villeneuve got so much controversy over was it, he said that it was like watching Jaws on your phone in a bathtub compared to watching it on the big screen. Yep. And I think that that's, there's just some films that deserve to be seen on the biggest possible screen. Yeah. I understand the Netflix and chill. I'm all about it. I Me like too. sitting in my chair and watching TV. I, there's nothing wrong with that. But you cannot replicate that experience yeah. on a Dude, massive you're speaking screen. what I'm trying to say, man. I just feel like the sound, if you watched it on your iPad or even on your TV at home, you didn't see the same thing I saw. It's not the same film. It's yeah. not the same experience. And, and like Hans Zimmer's score for that film, yeah. if it's not blaring in yeah. surround sound <laughs> in IMAX, that is not the way that that soundtrack is meant yeah. to be heard. And I mean, I'll argue anybody to the death to that yeah, like absolutely. i understand like i a buddy of mine watched it um on a plane on his phone and it just hurts me like i'm glad that he watched it because yeah. he's not somebody that would typically watch a movie like that so at least he saw it but there's no way to have that emotional like overwhelming experience when the soundtrack is blaring and the vocals in the soundtrack are coming yeah. through and the visuals of that film mm. it, it had, like i'm feeling it in my body because my body's literally shaking yeah. from being an IMAX there's nothing Man. like it it's like a concert versus watching a YouTube video of somebody yeah. playing live music I completely agree with you man and it was it was a it was damn near like overwhelming at times like Absolutely. The, the visual of it when I watched it a lot I got the same way but not didn't see it in the movie but I saw um the the what was the Denzel that it was all black and white Shakespeare one uh, uh Macbeth I just watched that I mean a while back but yeah I was overwhelmed with like the Visuals, yeah. That's not the right word, but I was in awe of the visuals. But in Dune, man, and that I was like, dude, I, there's no way you can do that in, on a on an iPad or no. a whatever a TV at home. I just don't think so. You so, can't do it. You yep. can't do it. I mean, that guy is. I, it's going to be very interesting to watch. Um, if you're not familiar with Denny Villeneuve's films, mm-hmm. um, you know it's like this dude has. He made very kind of grounded films like Have You Seen Sicario, Prisoners, these yeah. kind of movies that are very grounded, incredible movies. Yes. But then he just – his four-way – oh, my God. I butchered that. 
yeah. his foray into sci-fi was with Arrival, which I think is one of the greatest science fiction films I mean, of the past I, decade or even longer than that. Then he followed it up with Blade Runner 2049 and then Dune. Oh, and his, he's just been on a trek that he's creating sci-fi films that honestly I think are going to stand the test of time and yeah. be up there with when people are making lists 30, 40 years from now. Dune, Blade Runner 2049, and Arrival are going to be on the top sci-fi films potentially of all time. And he's just been on a track. His How? his path yeah. has just been mind-blowing. This guy is just killing well, it. He does. Yeah, those are some good movies, man. And, and man. You got me started on Ryan, the, Ryan on the Dennyville Nostra. Dude, dude, uh, dude, dude, I mean, I'm like, dude. Come That's on. one of those things and, we're talking about, about, about Leo. A, 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 a musical. I, I mean, La La Land, I just wasn't my favorite. But I agree. But, man, and I'm... I, I kind of pigeonhole him sometimes into some characters or whatever, but man, damn, dude, he 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 got me out of that. I, he, well, he got out of that pigeonhole real quick on Blade, Blade Runner. Was <laughs> it's one of those movies like you're talking about yeah. where it's visually, which is kind of Denis Villeneuve's signature at this point. They're so visually stunning, yeah, that they need to be seen like on the biggest screen yeah. possible because that's they're overwhelmingly beautiful yeah. to watch. Let me ask you, you this. What, so what, what was a, uh, one of the most disappointing movies that you were looking forward to coming out and that you were just completely like, this is, you walked out of it thinking, damn it, not what I wanted. I mean, I feel like that happens a lot yeah. only because, uh, we're such big movie nerds, me yeah. and my brother and my friends and, mm-hmm. and we overhype. Like it's one of those situations where it's like, oh, Alfonso Cuaron or Guillermo del Toro or whoever it is is making a new film. You hear about it before they even start casting the thing. So you're anticipating it for three years. And I feel like that's a lot of weight to put on a filmmaker. I understand that from the person that creates. Like imagine somebody that's sitting there for three years being like it's going to be the greatest thing ever made. And then it's not the greatest thing ever made. I would say – uh, for instance, like Nightmare Alley, which is Guillermo del Toro's latest film, mm-hmm. definitely was HBO, a letdown right? for me. That, that, oh, it came out in the movies. Oh, it did come in the movies. Right? It did. Yeah, it did. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I think it was day Bradley and date maybe yeah. on HBO Max because of the yeah. pandemic situation. But Bradley um, Cooper. Bradley Cooper yeah, yeah. was the lead actor yeah. in it. Was um, it? I wasn't my favorite. And I'm not a big man. I'm just not a big horror guy. Like, yeah. But I don't. So I get it, but which and there is some of like like Pan's Labyrinth is one of my favorite films of all time, which oh, is really? one of his earlier films. And Pan's Labyrinth was that the one with David Bowie in it. No, so thinking, Pan's Labyrinth is, a, is one different. of uh, Guillermo del Toro's Spanish films. Oh, I got you. Never mind. I'm thinking something different. But Sorry. it is, if you've never seen it, like it's one of those Parasite situations. I'm yeah. telling you, there are a few films that I feel like can reach a wide audience, like mm-hmm. Parasite, that are foreign language films. Par- um, Pan's Labyrinth is absolutely one of them. If you haven't seen it, seriously, the one inch barrier at the bottom of the screen, yeah. forget about the subtitles. Go watch it. It will change your life. It's incredible. Well, that's such a great. Uh, Damn, you didn't think about that. One-inch barrier. That's such a great it's line. It's just that. That's yeah. it. You know, it, when you took my class, we called it a lower third. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We still use those to this yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's lower third, baby. That's lower. <laughs> hey, you know what? They were like, they wanted us to cross curriculum, like, uh, whenever I was teaching school. Like, how can you work in, like, math into your lesson? And I was like, um, I'm teaching the rule of thirds right now. Um, <laughs> Beautiful. No, absolutely. This is math, dude. Frame like, yeah, them on the, the is, third of the screen. Yeah, yeah. I was like, hey, man. And that's about as deep as math. And math that I can get, yeah, but, you know, but uh, but that's right, man. I love that. But just give me like a couple of them. The that Northman maybe, came the, out recently, um, uh, and that's a Robert Eggers film. I, I'm a I massive. Couldn't wait to go see it, and I feel you. I was a ma- completely I'm, agree with you. I think The Witch, his first film, is one of the 
one of my favorite movies of all time, and I think that it's one of the great horror films that's potentially ever been made, um, definitely in the past you know, 20 years. And then he followed that up with The Lighthouse, which is yeah. I also think really? is a yeah. genuine masterpiece. So the, the hype was – it yeah. was one of those situations where we're tracking you know, yeah. The Northman for years, and it just – it had those Robert Eggers elements to it, but yeah. it was a $90 million movie as yeah. opposed to an $11 million movie for The Lighthouse and a $4 million movie for The Witch. And it's one of those things where you're making big studio movies. I feel like that it just it man, didn't it didn't hit the way I wanted it to. It, not man. me either, man. And it was one of those ones I did go see by myself in the theater. Yeah. And I was – and I love Viking tales and like, you know, that kind of stuff. And I just – it just it was not – and I really don't know what I was expecting. I was just expecting something sure. badass, you know, when I went to see it. And I just, I left and was like, that wasn't a badass. I do, yeah. I will say that I think a lot of, kind of going back to what we were talking about way earlier, that film was definitely marketed in the wrong way because it yeah. made it seem like it was a brave heart. Yes. Where it's not at all. Did it? No, no and doubt. so when you are no expecting that, it that way. Yeah. and that then it's not that, um, yeah. I'm, I'm interested to see how I'll feel when I watch it for a second time. Yeah. I, I know that there are some complaints that probably will not change, mm-hmm. but the marketing of films can certainly sway audiences' oh. expectations, and that's the biggest thing, especially with people that don't like to rewatch things. Yeah. They'll go see a movie once and never watch it again. They may walk out of a film hating it. I've certainly done that. And yep. then a year later, watch it again and be like, that movie was incredible, mm-hmm. but they just had the wrong expectations. And so, best, you yeah, know. And I'm with you. Okay. Uh, change a little bit. Best PG movie you've seen in a long time that was rated PG. Well, I am. I this is cheating. And I hope to God you say it's Little Women. Okay, yes, it is. It's, yeah, it is. It is. I'm cheating you because you said that in the in the podcast that I've listened to yeah. with Mark. But I genuinely think that film's a masterpiece. Oh, I love that movie so much. I can't think of many other PG movies. Yeah. Um, but no, that that and film's I'm not incredible. An guy. I don't like cartoons. I never sure. have. And I get. I mean, that's fine. But I think. Man, I think they're. I genuinely think yeah, Little Women is going to stand dude, the test of time. And I'm going to tell you right now, dude. I walked into that like thinking I had zero expectations. Yeah. So maybe that helped. But damn, that was a good movie. Like I left going, damn, that was a that was entertained during that whole Incredible. movie. Incredible. Yeah, absolutely. Such a great oh, film. Yeah, great, great, great film. film. Greta Gerwig, man. Like oh, her first film, Lady Bird, was yeah, great. And oh. so I knew it was going to be something good. But it's not really the thing that I get excited about. I, yeah. get, I get excited about stuff like The Northman. Yeah, right, I don't too. get excited about Little Women. And I walked into that. And it was one of my favorite. I think it was top five of the yeah. year for me that year. That was year. a good year for movies, by the way. Incredible year. Yeah. yeah. Was that the same year for Three Billboards? So Three Billboards That's was one of my favorite 2017, movies, oh, okay. I think, when Blade Runner came out. Oh, that okay, was a hell of a year. Three Billboards is also a great film. One Martin McDonough. Oh, yeah. Man. Oh, yeah. Great, that, that, great movie. Uh, damn, that three. Sam well, Rockwell told, killing told, it, man. If said, hey, man, it, it, you gotta, I, I need to pick uh, like Little Women or Three I would tell them Three Billboards. See, but, I would go Little Women. Would you? Yeah, and I love Three man, Billboards. I, hate, but I almost I, feel like I feel like hating myself for even saying it. Like, They're both great films. Like, It's yeah. like one of those things like you don't have to choose, and that's what's beautiful about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's true. That's true. Yeah, that's very true. So. Yeah. They're Man. both great movies. And so, uh, uh, I just, man, damn it. I, I can sit here and just talk movies all day. And I know that maybe that's not what everybody wants to talk about. You know, it's funny because mo- I talked to uh, one of my nephews the other day, younger. You know, okay. yeah, movies aren't as big a deal to them as it as it was to us, like growing up. You no. know what I mean? Like, has, do you feel that sometimes? Like, movies have lost a little bit of their. I think that streaming. I mean, first of all, there's just 
so you're much. consumed yeah, with yeah, content yeah. in every way. Like YouTube wasn't really a thing even when I was mm-hmm. growing up. I mean, it was just kind of it wasn't a thing that yeah you know. Um, and so I think that not only are there's just constant content, which I hate that word. Right. Um, you know, whatever it is, a podcast or yeah. all these things are constantly available to you twenty four seven. But I really think that as much as I love streaming, um, because yeah. it gives you, it, it gives you people with the intent to, to want to use that device streaming, um, to have any film at their disposal at any time. That's amazing. Right. Yeah. But I do think to some degree it diminishes what films are because when you can just pause Netflix and walk away, it's not the same thing as sitting in a theater and like it's a it's a hard decision to get up out of a movie theater and walk out. Man. You cannot do that. Uh, in a, it's you're you're actually making a really conscious decision to walk out of a theater. But when you're watching Netflix, you can be doing your laundry and texting. And I've had arguments with people about yeah. this, right? Where it's like, yeah. you're are you truly watching it if you're doing your laundry while you're watching it? I'm not saying that that's if the, if if you want to do your laundry and watch TV. That's great. That Go is, for yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. But it's not having the experience of sitting in a theater and watching Dune and IMAX. It's yeah. not the same thing. And I just feel like the um, the appreciation for the art form maybe has gone down because not only is it more accessible, but also because um, you can start and stop it anytime. Yeah. And you can't just you're, – you're not just experiencing it there. Like when you're at a concert, you're experiencing the music live. It's yeah. happening. You can't start yeah. and stop it. It's like being in a theater, you right. know? And Streaming has kind of diminished that a little bit. Because even when I was like, man, I, I feel like people are missing out. People that are born, <laughs> you know, later. Uh, even as an experience watching a TV show as a kid, like even sure. if it was, uh, you know, even as a teenager, whatever. Beverly Hills 90210, we would watch that shit all the time, okay? Dude, commercial would come on. You had to, if you had to pee, you hauled ass into the bathroom. Sure. And you had to, you had, and it was just on you man, to get back before it came on. So that's a different experience. It is, and, for and unfortunately, people now like they just you know because you can just pause it. It's just so awesome. I'm, I'm glad that I mean that's amazing. It is great. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean it's very convenient. Yeah, you know, it's a double edged sword like anything with technology, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. the advent of streaming kind of brought about the golden age of television, which is a, a lot of people would argue is kind of the new cinema in mm-hmm. a way. Yeah. Um, because auteur filmmakers are moving to television to direct what they would say is eight-hour movies. Yeah. Um, and it's just a very interesting playground for these filmmakers that have been kind of stuck in this sandbox of yeah. just making a two-hour film their whole career. Yeah. And we get to benefit from that. Like, sure. like the Sopranos and The Wire and things like that, that kind of HBO kicked this thing off. Um, obviously, that was before streaming. But... That's one of the benefits that these streamings now they're all fighting each other to create yeah. the best shows. And look, I'm like whether it's good or not, we're in a situation where we're about to get a Lord of the Rings show that's a billion, like hundred billion dollar show or whatever. No, it's a billion dollars, billion. not a hundred well, billion. Could be billion. Dollars. That's gonna, Elon Musk creating a show. Yeah. But no, it's I, you yeah. know it's like the most expensive show ever created. The potential for great things in television is there uh, more than it's ever been, yeah. and like. Things like True Detective, The Nick, great shows, Mad Men, all these things you're are. You were going to say True Detective earlier. I, know, I was, I was, for the Matthew awesome. McConaughey. Yeah, that but one those was are, and, and McConaughey, you can't beat it. Yeah. No, you can't. Okay. But yeah, those are like, and you've got A-list stars. Like never in a million years when oh. we were growing up, was there going to be a Matthew oh. McConaughey type actor, A-list actor, go to television? Because that's never. going backwards. Yes. That's the whole Once Upon that, a Time in Hollywood yeah, thing. You, 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 worked, know? you If you worked in TV, you worked 
to get to movies. TV was not looked at as an art form. It was looked now down it on is. from the movie industry. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now it is, and that's because of things like streaming. So yes. there's a there is a positive side to it, and it's just like the the thing is that like. Um, it's kind of the debate of like, is it, do you shoot on digital or do you shoot on film? And the, and the fact of the matter is that like the world's progressing and there's no, uh, there's no going back, you know, like it's, it is what it is. So you just have to embrace it. Like, and find a way to work within that. Like, that's just the world. Like, there's no way that Netflix isn't going to exist anymore. Right. And so theaters, theater chains and things like that, that's going to be interesting to see how that, how that progresses yeah. in the future. It okay. potentially might become a very niche experience type of thing. Yeah. I would hate for that to become the case, yep. but like, Me I'll too. still be there. Right. You know? I understand. So that, that I, sometimes I, I, uh, I cringe when people ask hypotheticals that, you know, but sometimes as a podcaster, you have to ask these just for, sure. you know, to, so let me ask you that. One of these questions. If right now, you know, this, it just happened and uh, you had to just only keep one streaming service for the rest of your life, Zane, all of them had to be eliminated. Does HBO count as a streaming service? HBO Max does. Absolutely. Oh, then there's no. It's HBO Max. 100% HBO okay. all day long. Well, and I H- think you can still get movies on there, and that's fine. I see what you're going there. Yeah. The reason that I would say. one of my top ones, yeah. HBO yeah. invented, um, like, well, true cinematic TV. Because yeah. if you ever watch The Wire, then you, you, you the don't. Greatest show of all yeah, time, exactly. in my opinion. Yeah. Well, um, it's they, not mine, but, it's, but, man, it's amazing. It's an incredible show. Yeah, absolutely. They invented, um, to some degree, cinematic television. Um, and I honestly think every streaming service since, uh, even HBO started this a long time ago, obviously with the Sopranos, the wire, Deadwood, all these things, every streaming service has been chasing HBO's formula for making great shows. And I feel like that a great example of that is HBO makes game of Thrones, right? How many fantasy series have come out since then that are like, this is the next game of Thrones. None of them have even gotten close to the popularity or, the yeah. artistry, I would even say, of Game of Thrones. That's because HBO has – they've been in the game for a long time. They know what they're doing. They're pumping out True Detectives like it's nothing. Mayor of East Town is just like, yeah. an, just like a limited series that just comes out randomly, ends up being a masterpiece. Yeah. I, I, yeah. There's a lot of great – like they I have all that. the streaming services because right, I'm a too, nerd. I know, you know. And I'm just – But too. if I had to keep one, HBO, HBO never would think twice about it. Okay. But yep. that's, what about you? I'm, oh. I'm curious. Don't ask me questions. I'm, I'm the host here. <laughs> I mean, look, there's no wrong answer because, like, Netflix is hard, though. Like, uh, everybody hates on Netflix, but. but, Man. And I've really learned, I've come to love Apple uh, TV. I've learned learned to love some of their stuff. But, you know what, you're right. I think HBO would be the one that I would stick with. And, man, there's so many shows. There's a couple of, like, really, really good shows I like on uh, Prime, but it would be the first one I got to get. Got rid of. Yeah. But I would hate to say goodbye to the to Mrs. Maisel. Like, she's one of my favorite people. Oh, my people God. That show is incredible. I know, man. I love her so, so much. So great. I know. And so, but, yeah, I, I, it just has to be, yeah, it would probably have to be HBO for me as well. And, I mean, damn, dude, they just they just came out with that damn uh, winning time for the Lakers. So great. Unbelievable, so man. So good. And it's like, I can't believe sports people. I ask my friends that are sports yeah. fans. I'm like, how are, at the age of, like, my age. This was like our youth. For sure. How are you not watching this? And it's John C. Riley and it's Adrian Bro. It's a killing dude, it. And it's a dude, it's oh so cool. I'm like, dude, this is the coolest that freaking show. show is yeah. amazing. I know. Yeah. So no, I, I feel like 
Yeah, HBO is just HBO. something that you can always bet on to deliver extreme quality, yeah. even if they misfire with some of their stuff, because now they're having to compete with like the output of Netflix. Uh-huh. So they're, they've got the HBO Max line of their shows, yeah. but when it's an HBO classic show that they, yeah. they release, you can bet on the quality. And okay, I have, to be, I have to be totally honest, and then just, I never watched The Sopranos until about three months ago. Sure. And I started it, but HBO Max, I could start it, and I started it, and I'm like... Yeah. Damn, this is good. You know, this it's is dated so now, good. but yeah. like, imagine at the time, people yeah. watching that and being like, they're used to watching, you know, like, like you're saying, like, nine hundred two one zero or any yeah. of those kind like, of things that are just like they're good. They're t- a, but they feel like, like TV. SVU. There's a place for Law yeah. and Order and stuff. That's, Absolutely. That's, that's but man, The Sopranos was a game changer. Yeah. Nobody, um, nobody saw The Sopranos coming, and it yeah. changed television forever. Yeah. And HBO well, has just continued to do that since. Let me put let me put myself uh, in your shoes. Like when you. Let's say you get home on a random sure. Wednesday night after work. You, you sit down like, how do you choose what – do, do you save them up? Do you, do you, uh, how, do, how, do, how does Zane do it? That's an interesting question because <laughs> a lot of times like there are – look, I'm a, I'm a mood guy for sure yeah. where it's like, look, I, I love me a good, you know, Andre Tarkovsky fucking um, Russian film, you know, but like you've got to be in a very specific mood to watch like a 1970s Russian movie. Yes. So like those things don't come along and I'm that way with everything that I watch. Yeah. And so um, there are certainly shows where it's like I've got a backlog of things that I'm not caught up with that I'm like eventually I'm going to get around to that. But it's mm-hmm. like, I don't know if I'm, it depends on the day. Like, damn, it's a long day. I don't know well, if I really feel like, yeah. An emotional, deep emotional experience. I want to watch something fun. Yeah. A lot of times I'll sit there. I've got a library of Blu-rays that just, you know, I'm a oh, collector. Oh, so you still put one in. Like you, Sometimes. You, you still got, okay. That's yeah, a, I'm, a, I'm a huge, I've got a wall. I mean, uh-huh. probably, I'm not even kidding, maybe like a thousand. Like, I'm a huge collector. Um, in the sense that, like, I just, I appreciate physical media, you know, things like that. Um, but yeah. sometimes I'll sit there for like an hour and a half and <laughs> just try to decide on what I want to watch and end up just like turning yeah. on something like YouTube to just watch. Cause I can't decide, but yeah, well, I mean, but a lot of times it is that there's like a lot of great, there's just, it's impossible to keep up with all of the stuff coming out. So I've got a, like winning time was one of those things, you know? So, well, let me, let me, let me throw this out at you. Cause you know what? I don't care. We've, we're, we're rolling up on an hour and a half and I don't even, I don't even give a shit. Sure. What I'm going to do, cause I have another question to ask you. Okay. I want to hit the pause button. You can take, we can take a leak. We can refill our drinks. I like it. Okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to pause button, but the people at home, you won't even know. Okay. <laughs> Take a little break there. All right. Let me ask you this question. Okay. Because this is a... It's tough to answer. I know. Streaming services, would you rather something you're looking forward to? You're going to watch. Would you rather all be there at once, or like like we were talking, just like Winning Time, that you have to wait for it to come out every like once a week when it comes out? It's a great question. Yeah, and I am very particular about those things. I there's something to be said about event television, right? Which is what's that? What does that mean? Game of Thrones. Event like tele- that's event, an event television. Well, it became that. Breaking Bad was that yes. in the day. So oh, okay. like, it's a thing where. I would have Game of Thrones parties and I would have six, seven people over to my house. I got a big projector, surround sound, and we would watch Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah. Not every show, in fact, I would say that very few shows um, 
have that kind of dedication behind them that every single one of your friends is watching it. Like that yeah. comes along every five years, you know, that every person you know is watching Game of Thrones. Yes. Watching Breaking Bad, whatever it is. Um, so so answer my when question. It's, answer when it's, my question. <laughs> when it's event TV, <laughs> when it's event TV, that's where the Netflix model falls apart, right? Yes. Because that, that yeah. experience does not exist for Stranger Things. That event or that experience does not exist for any of those Netflix shows because they're all released at once. Yeah. And there's something lost in that that it's like Game of Thrones, half the fun of that show was everybody's theorizing about what's going to happen and all this yeah. stuff. And you're talking for a whole That's week true. and yeah. you're listening to podcasts yeah. and you're doing all this stuff. And yeah. some of these people are reading the books and then you watch the show and then you discuss it afterwards and you're right. drinking beer and you're eating snacks and you're talking, <laughs> you know, like that's a, yeah. that's an experience watching stranger things at home by yourself. Binging it is not the same thing. Right. That being said, winning time was never going to be that. Uh, it right. might become that in season four, okay. But now it's not. So, like, yeah. I personally that was just a small example. I mean, I could give you yeah. anything, you know, whatever. I, I mean, you know, yeah. there's just like marvelous Mrs. Maisel. They don't put them out. They stop doing that. But like, yeah. it's in my like, I watch that. I it depends. In that case, I would wait to binge it because I want to have the purest emotional experience I can, which I think is just like sitting in a movie theater, which is the closest together I can watch all those episodes, Uh the more fluid the experience is going to be. So like winning time, I waited specifically because I'd heard great things and I was like, I don't really want to watch this week to week. You know, like that's just a lot to keep up with too. Like if you miss a day and you miss a week, then you forget what's going on and all this stuff. Um, there was no chance that we were ever going to miss Game of Thrones, you know. But with That's winning true. time, I might miss yeah. a week and then forget. So I decided to wait, binge the show. Yeah. Loved it. Um, so for the majority of shows, I would say that I'm a binge guy um, yeah. only because I'll, I'll, I'll sit there for 10 hours on a Sunday and watch one whole show and yeah. like be like one and done, loved yeah. it, had a great experience, <laughs> you know. Man. But um, yeah. it depends on the show. Like The yeah. Staircase, which is coming on HBO right now, I'm watching that week to week yeah. only because I literally could not wait to watch it. So I decided to start it. Now I'm kind of regretting it because I hate waiting. Yeah. But, you know, it's – I think that well, for streaming services, if they're trying to build that event kind of TV, they have to release it um, week to week. They're never going to have that fan base that I, does that. Yeah. So I don't Prime, think that's ever going to happen again. I think that the binging part, like the actual binge – like in Netflix, I think in, invented that – and I just don't think we're ever going to see that again. Like, see, like I, Euphoria out, season something two, out, um, something came out recently, and they released like two episodes to start with. Yep. And I think that's the way. There's a new model that I feel yeah. like that um, Outer Range that just came out on Prime was yeah. doing two episodes. Yep. Um, like the Staircase that released on HBO Max, they released three episodes to start. I think. Um, yeah. But like Euphoria, well, which is an HBO show, yeah. has it was. We were watching it from day one. We were yeah. super excited about it. But, like, it was a sleeper hit that yeah. by the time season two came around during the pandemic, everybody had all this time to catch up. Yes. And it kind of became an event thing mm-hmm. um, during season two where everybody that I knew all of a sudden was watching Euphoria. Right. And it was like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> I don't you know. Well, but, like, thing. that's just uh, – HBO knows how to do that. And honestly – you know that they've done market research on that. I mean, it, it, there's so many – but. If it were to me, if it was up to me, all sure. my favorite shows, not, I mean, of course, it doesn't, this doesn't involve movies. This doesn't pertain to that. But sure. for shows, I would love to have it all be there for me to know I can watch it all or stop or whatever. Sure. I would just love for that. Because winning time, for example, just for, you know, recent recency, 
I could every, I, I couldn't wait every Sunday. Yeah. Every I was like, dude, every and then, you know, kind of like Game of Thrones. It was like every Sunday. I just wanted to. Okay, when it, when is it coming? Out? And I, on Disney, man, the Star Wars, uh, you know, you it's know, the, hard, the, man. The, the Boba Fett or or the Mandalorian, whatever. I'm just like, oh my god. Which people, I want you to know this on on Disney. A little, little life hack here for you. I'm a night owl, kind of. So on Same. Disney, as soon as midnight hits. That shit is Pops on there. Up. It's <laughs> up. Yeah, just so you know. I mean, that's, hey, man, fun fact. Officially, that is the next day. That's right. So, yeah. Yep. So there you go on I that. I think Netflix is like 3 a.m. or something yeah, because they're yeah. going See, by Netflix California time. It, Prime is not yeah. very good at that. Yeah. yeah. So uh, you just get a – but uh, yeah. I agree with you from a selfish point of view. Mm-hmm. Look, if I could just have it – like I'm like, of course, if I could have the full season of whatever I'm yeah. wanting to see come out. Like that, dude. That's yeah. how. Like Atlanta, I'm a huge Atlanta fan, but yeah. I'm like, I really don't want to watch that week to week. So I waited. I haven't seen it yet. Whereas my brother and some of my buddies have been watching it week to week, so I'm not caught up, and they're having the fun of talking about it. But it's still like, I want to binge it. Yeah. If I could have had Atlanta day one, mm, that's what I would want. Um, but I do think eventually there's going to be those one shows. Like there will be another one eventually. I, yeah. I, I, there will be another Game of Thrones at some point. Um, whether it's a fantasy show or not, right. that will be an event well, it show. Be something that everybody, every, almost the whole, everybody's talking about. Every single person yeah. on the face of the earth is watching it. Yeah. And if it ends up on Netflix, I just think that Netflix is going to miss out on, like, you know how many people watch Game of Thrones only because their friends were going to work the next day and yeah. talking about it? Because they're fucking missing out. And then they're like, but like if they binged it, I mean, I'm sure that that would be a situation where they're still talking about it. But it's like, then they're going to forget it by next week. You know, because yeah. life, and then it's like, but when Game of Thrones is stretched out over 10 weeks, these people are talking about it for 10 full weeks. So their coworkers are sitting there being like, God damn, I'm so sick yeah. of hearing you talk about okay, the show. I guess I yeah. got to watch it. That's a genius, yeah, I think, that. of the model. And one of my, one of my greatest friends in the world, I mean, for a long time and right now, Mark Youngblood, never seen it. He's like, no, don't even want to. He's never seen Game no. of Thrones? And I'm like, dude, and he is a, dude, he is a cinephile. He is a, he loves yeah. movies. He loves, and he likes the weird shit too, like me or you. I mean, just, you know, he's all about. Hey, sure. Or he's open-minded, I say. He, he, he's like, dude, I'll yeah, watch he'll that give one. anything a chance. Dude, yeah. No, no, not a Game of Thrones guy. We start talking about it, and he's like, I maybe when he's like sixty, and he's maybe. just like, maybe know, I'll man. give it a chance. Know. You know, by then there'll be like ten prequels. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I know. Hey, I had a great idea for a prequel, by the way. Give it to me. Yeah, and it's only one episode, though. Just one episode. Is it? The- it is- okay, no, yeah, no. That's no, what. I, this is how my mind works. Are you ready? Uh, Arya Stark. She gets on that boat, dude. What? I think in the world of Game of Thrones, I think it's a flat earth. I think she went off the edge, and that's it, man. <laughs> she, she just, she done. just stood and was like, oh, shit. I think they're going off. Like, yeah. I, think I love a full it. hour episode of this, of this band. Maybe it could be two or three episodes, you know, just about the journey. The, and all ju- the whole journey. And all of a sudden, it's like, we <laughs> messed up. <laughs> I love it, dude. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. That's not that funny, but, you know. I thought it was funny. I yeah, thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. Um, what else do we want to talk about? I want to talk about a bunch of stuff. Let's see. Breaking Bad. What, what, what's the top? Okay. Let me ask you this. Name your five, top five, four, three, whatever, TV shows or series. Let's just call it series. Okay. And I mean, Game of Thrones will throw that out because we've, we've hammered sure. that. We've hammered no, Game I would of Thrones put, a lot. I would probably put so, Game of Thrones up there. Okay. Probably. I probably would too. Yeah. So, but yeah, after that. So let's just throw them out because so, we've really, we've hammered that today so uh, the caveat that i'll say just because i got to get this out there mm-hmm. is that to all the haters that hated the last season of game of thrones i'm there with you to some degree 
but to dismiss the brilliance of the whole rest of the show because you your fan theory did not come through yeah. at the end of season eight, like that just hurts me because yeah. from an artistic perspective, you were invested for seven years, you know? Yeah. And that's just, I, I, even though I was not totally satisfied by the end of Game of Thrones, I would still put it in the top five. 100%. Yeah. Brilliance. So top of, television's yeah. never been at that level, yeah. and it's potentially, it could be a long time until it gets to that yeah. level again. I'm a big, I'll say, I'm a big, wait, wait, so I'm a big, no, Howard, no. I'm a big Howard Stern fan, and he, and, you know, he got on it late, but he caught up, and then okay. he was, we right. talk about it as it was going on, and then the last season, every, every episode, he was like, <laughs> Why is it so dark? I just can't see it. And I was like, dude, I could hear my mom saying that. Like, yeah. you know, it's just dark. Well, I can't see what's going on. I got another. But, and to speak of like uh, fan theory, is that what you called it? Your fan theory? Yeah. Sure. Uh, like, man, my fan theory was, hey, Theon's taking that. Yeah, Th- exactly. Theon's but you know what? I, man, I still appreciate that last. I, I even tweeted the night it was over that I was like, well done, Game of Thrones. Yeah. Well done. Because, that gave me so many years of entertainment and just being like, dude. And I even have the very first series. I'll tell you how I started watching Game of Thrones. Damn it. I wanted to get no, off. No, no, no. Let's go. Let's go. So, We're uh, good. I'm in a hotel room in Midland, Texas. Okay. And I'm here. I'm in, it's like 8.30 or 9. I'm laying in bed. I got to get up early. But then I see, like, I didn't have HBO at home. So I see HBO. I click on HBO. It says Game of Thrones. And it's the first season, but it's like episode three or four. And I'm watching it like, man, this is really, really, really good. Discipline. I'm not disciplined almost in anything. Just, I was like, I have to watch. I can't. I, so, you know what I did, Zane? I woke up the next day. I worked my ass off. I drove back to Lubbock, went to uh, Best Buy. Uh, no, no, no. I saw this season two. I was starting season two. I went to Best Buy, bought season one, uh, all, all of it on a DVD or whatever. Love it. And then I had the, it came with a map. I had a map laid out in my kitchen. <laughs> of Westeros. Like, you're just like, like, like <laughs> okay. Let this begin. This is going to happen. <laughs> I right love now. it. Dude, and I mean, you know, I just knew it was good. What I was watching was yeah. good. So, yeah, that's my uh, – well, I started watching Game of Thrones. There's so. something – if we're going to stay on the Game of Thrones train for a second, <laughs> then I'll answer your question. There are people or shows or things um, – Quentin Tarantino would be one of them. Guillermo del Toro would be another Game of Thrones. That these genres that have always been considered – lesser than or nerdy like nerd culture was always kind of looked down upon as like you're lesser than you know the popular jock guys whatever it is but um i would say with quentin tarantino what he did with exploitation movies because he grew up loving exploitation films is he married that with great filmmaking and elevated the genre to where People that don't go watch Midnight movies love Quentin Tarantino movies, but yeah. he's using exploitation genre tropes in his movies throughout the whole time. And it's like, now these people are discovering exploitation films because of Quentin Tarantino. Guillermo del Toro did the same thing for monster movies, and Game of Thrones did the exact same thing for high fantasy, yeah. which in the past has always been looked at as this super nerdy thing. But all of a sudden, the cheerleader that's on the team is watching Game of Thrones. Yes. And it's like... That's a huge thing that it popularized yeah. high fantasy for the world yeah. in a way that like Lord of the Rings kind of did that. Yeah. Um, oh, 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 no, 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 dude! It's a huge deal I, for the genre. Big, I was all through my high, my elementary, junior high, and high school. I was the biggest athlete. Like I say, the biggest. Like nothing was more important to me than athletics. Sure. And I ran with the jocks, and I ran with the popular crowd, and I that was my crew. That was I my did people. the same thing. I but feel dude, you, dude. I was the biggest Star Wars nerd. So yeah. I had to walk that line. 
Yep. And there's people that's like, dude, and I'm, I'm still a Star Wars nerd. Still to this day, 100%. I think Star Wars did it before Lord of the Rings. Like, dude, they did. You know, it's like, okay, man, why do I? Why am I? Why do I? People make fun of me for watching Star Wars. Why? Are that, why is that happening? You know. So absolutely, Star Wars would be another one for yeah. sure. I mean, there's just something about like, I th- I think it's those people that didn't want to give in because they thought it was nerdy, but every yeah. single one of their friends was watching it, so yeah. they finally did, yeah. and then it's like. When, when you're able to, it's kind of, it goes back to the whole parasite thing where it's like, all you got to do is give something a chance. Like they always just judged it because it's, yeah. there's dragons, oh, I know. you know? And then when like, they yeah. finally give it a chance, it's like, well it's so yeah. much more than that's that. exactly right. And then all of a sudden the whole world kind of catches on. Yeah. And that's a huge thing for no, nerd culture. I yeah. think just fantasy, um, sci-fi, all those genres that are always looked down upon as being lesser than art or being lesser, like they're not cool. Right. All of a sudden, it was cool to like Game of Thrones. Yes. It was cool to like Star Wars. That's yes. a big deal for people that like, have yeah, always like been us. nerds. Yeah, exactly. Like, like you know, you're like, yeah, I've been trying to tell you my whole life yeah. that was cool. Now it's <laughs> now it's cool to you. I love it, man. So I love that. Um, so anyway, going back to your question about shows. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because um, I said. Could we get off of Game of Thrones and then we went right back to yeah? Well, I, I mean, it's hard it, to st- it's, it's hard. hard. You could talk for days okay. about Game of Thrones, but no, I mean, there's it's so hard to pick a top whatever it is, uh, whether those are films or shows. But I would say yeah. that like the I, I would say some of the best shows that have come out in a long time. Um, the Wire is definitely it's hard to beat as my favorite show of all time. Um, Barack Obama, you know, interviewed David Simon and was yeah. just like, "This is the first piece of art that I would say was a television show. Like right. he was like actually asking David Simon how to fix the drug war yeah. because he had so much insight into it as being a reporter for the Baltimore sun for so long, yes. you know, things like that, that it's like, and, and that's, that's just another, a like, different level for me. Like on HBO, like, uh, actually, but this was on, this is before HBO max even was a thing. I watched the wire on prime Amazon sure. prime had it on there. And I, I didn't watch the prime when it, I didn't watch the wire when it was out. I didn't either. Or Deadwood no. when no. Was, I mean, dude, but man, once you start watching those shows, you're like, "Oh shit, these are so good!" It's incredible. I mean, that's I, HBO. I cannot peak, even believe peak yeah. performance right there. It's, yeah, The Wire. I mean, I'm, 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 man, I'm going off on tangents here, but The Wire was. Am- I mean, God Almighty, it's amazing. But like uh, Deadwood, just you, you mentioned earlier, I can't believe how the actors could even talk like that in that how they or how even the writer wrote that. Well, David Mills is that a kind genius. of a, yeah, yeah, in, in, in that vernacular or you know whatever it was, yeah. Freaking it's like incredible. It, the way my brother just recently became a Deadwood fan. I I've watched Deadwood years ago and and it's like it's Shakespeare mixed with the most vulgar. Yes. Like it's like Al Swearingen will be going it, off in this Shakespearean it, tangent and then also <laughs> drop like some the most vulgar words you've ever yes. heard in your life. I wanted yeah. to say them, but I'm not going to say them yeah, on your podcast so we don't tarnish, you. no, no, fine, tarnish this <laughs> situation. It is, dude. You're right. You're yeah. exactly. And that is a show that you needed to put uh, the subtitles on. Sometimes, um, for not sure. Because, uh, not, just because, like, you, what? I mean, what did he and say? And sometimes it might even be more fun to just read it, or too, because you're like, wow, what did he, seriously? They really are speaking. Yeah. And, I'm man, I've looked that up. It's like, I don't even know what kind of, you understand, it's English, but you understand it, but it's just a different form of it, man. It's just Absolutely. crazy. And it's like, you're right. It is a Western, but it's like Shakespeare. It's it's incredible. It's crazy. It's, and the fact that HBO just canceled it out of nowhere was, was mind-blowing. But anyway. Yeah. Um, okay, I would so, I would okay, say so with, yeah, you said the wire. I'm just going to throw yeah. out some shows that yeah, I think yeah, are brilliant. Yeah. Whether they would you know whatever. I, yeah. Ten years from now, I'll be like I was completely wrong Stupid. when I said yeah. that. <laughs> but like <laughs> True Detective, limited series, and season one. After they oh. did all this stuff, after that, you know whatever. 
Season one, True Detective, incredible. Big Little Lies has been a show that I, only season one, not season two. Okay. I reject that season two even exists. <laughs> um, like it, they, they adapted That's the, the one with Amy. Uh, is that the one with the? No, so it's big, Reese Witherspoon, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, dude. It's so many people: Nicole Kidman, Zoe Kravitz, right. Shailene Woodley, you know Adam Scott. And, and, and to be yeah. honest, I've never watched it, so I've never seen it. Oh well, yeah, I know. I you know what you're it. watching yeah. tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I watched the other one on HBO that came out was with Amy Adams, Sharp or, Objects. Sharp, so it's actually I thought it was I thought I got those the two same confused. writer um and the Jean-Marc Vallée who directed Dallas Buyers Club mm-hmm. directed Big Little Lies, Sharp Objects. He's just a legend. He recently passed away. Um but Love Sharp Objects, mm-hmm. Big Little Lies, True Detective, Mad Men. I would throw Breaking Bad in there. Honestly, recently I would say like Mayor of Easttown on HBO with Kate Winslet yeah, is, that one is it's incredible. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. it, you know, um, so but, but let me back up. So like Breaking Bad, like to me, sure. honestly, I think it's the greatest TV show or series that's ever been made. It's that's a my masterpiece. Thing. And I didn't sure. watch it when it was out. Okay. I watched it on Netflix. I mean, yeah, I was like, well, what, I guess I'm missing out on this or whatever. So I was like, dude, this is freaking crazy. This amazing. is, I mean, every episode was freaking amazing. So yeah. I mean, even the fly episode was, that got so much hell. It's still better than like 90% of other television shows. It only got the shit that it got because the expectations were so high. Yeah. I know. No. So that was a good, did you watch, um, let me ask you, let me ask you, did you watch uh, like, well, like the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. I brought that up several times. I find it, I find it, I find it fascinating. It's a fascinating show. Do you, Really good, but I don't think it's like in the top whatever. I wouldn't like, put it in my Mad like my Men? top. You think of Mad all... Men is one of the top because I don't. I love Mad Men. Don't get me wrong. But... My brother and my friend Aaron Peters are like Mad Men aficionados, where they Got can it. quote every episode, and it's like ran for however many seasons. It's insane yeah. how they can. You know, I'm not on that level. Yeah, but I I do think Mad Men is a genuine masterpiece, and I watched the first season right when it came out and didn't like it, and went yeah, back. Yeah, it's just a slow kind of burn show, um, but it's just there's it, once you kind of get into the rhythm of that show, I think mm-hmm. that it's just the brilliance in it is I, I don't yeah. know how to describe it, but yeah, it's a yeah. I truly truly love it. Let's um, talk. Let me ask you these questions. Cause, well, is there any ones you want to add? Any, any series you want to add? Because I'm oh sure man, I'm I could go off and on forever. Up, like the Nick, um, which was the one potentially yeah. one of the most underrated shows maybe of all time that came on. So HBO um, owns Cinemax, and it came on Cinemax because HBO was like, this is not worthy of the HBO label. Steven Soderbergh directed the whole show. It only ran two seasons. Clive Owen was the lead actor. Absolute <laughs> masterpiece. Um, yeah, I'm right now, man. Okay, I, two weeks ago. Three weeks ago, when I had Todd Johnson on, I, I, he's my resident. I said he's my re, he's the Windlass or Todd resident um, medical expert. We're okay. going to refer to him on our my for my podcast for, for whatever we need to know. Uh, you are the resident uh, uh, movie and TV expert because you were throwing names out and like, dude, just, bah, 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 bah. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> this is it, it's blowing my mind right now. That's I awesome. Am, you're blowing my mind right now, and I love it. I don't mean to interrupt you. That's I just the to, extent yeah, of me yeah. sitting in a room by myself for a very long time. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I love it. So I didn't want to uh, interrupt you. So is there any like prequels or like uh, spinoffs that were no, that, that it's hard to do a spinoff? I might, I might be touching a chord here. Okay. I, I, I might be, I don't know. I'm going to yeah. see if I'm going to offend you with okay, what I'm going to say. Go ahead. 
I'm not the biggest Star Wars guy on the face of the earth. Okay. 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 Um, it's okay. I love the yeah. OG trilogy. I grew up with it. Yeah. It was sitting next to Braveheart on the bookshelf. I had the three um, VHS. We're talking about New Hope and, 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 we're talking and about the, Return of the Jedi. Okay. Correct. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. The okay. OG trilogy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously, when I saw the prequels to that growing up, I loved them. And of course, you know, since then, it's like, well, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I got you. I had I was very optimistic about the new trilogy and to some extent like I liked The Force Awakens, I liked Return of the Jedi, did not like the final installment in that trilogy at all. I was kind of just thought it completely went off the rails. The fi- you mean the final 3 or just the final Just movie? the just the last one and I'm, what, oh, what's oh. what's it called? Um what what came after the last Jedi? See, this is where my Star Wars oh. knowledge. Um, yeah, well, see, they're gonna put me on the spot, and I don't know, but see, I thought that was the best one. The last Jedi. I think of it. The three. I think the last Jedi was and the best in the three. One, I, it, the last it, Jedi is the second one in the in the final. Well, the newest trilogy, we'll put yeah, it that way. Yeah. And um, just, directed that, like, by yeah. Ryan Johnson, and he's just a yeah. honestly a great filmmaker, and I think that he came in and did some very very interesting stuff. Whereas yes. everything else felt pretty formulaic, or like by the book. Right. And they did a gr- I mean, a lot of people hate The Last Jedi. Like, I feel like that's a very controversial opinion to say The Last Jedi was a good movie. Um, uh, but it, wait, wait. I just want to make sure because I, I just I'm gonna make sure I get my mind right before, sure, I, sure. before I make it any kind of sort of educated. Yes, uh, because I'm about to throw some this. comments yeah, yeah. out okay. that you might not agree okay, with. And that's yeah. fine, and I'm okay with that. Um, but okay. So we're looking up. Okay. Okay, let me tell you. Okay. So oh, it's the, called uh, the, Force the Rise of Skywalker or yes. whatever it was. was no, the that's, last the, one. that's the final one. Yeah, that's right. It's called The Rise of Skywalker. That's right, yeah. Now, you're telling me you liked The Last Jedi. Was okay. The Last and, Jedi and was the Johnson, second one the second one. in the was, trilogy. Yes, you had The Force Awakens. You got a lot the of Last Jedi. Right now, a lot of people right now listening are turning Star this Wars shit people yeah. are burning yeah. us and alive. A lot of people are like, turning it off. <laughs> Please don't turn it off. We're going to get through this really quickly. Yeah. But you're about to witness maybe an... Let's see. I'm about conflict. to throw out some opinions. Some yeah, there okay? might be some okay. conflict. I want to tell you right now, the Force Awakens, which is the first, first time I saw it, terrible. I thought it was terrible. Okay. And it got better because I'm a Star Wars big star. It got For better sure. every time I watched it. Yes. So The Last Jedi, it was terrible when I saw it. It was terrible the second time, and it was terrible the third and fourth <laughs> okay, time. Okay, here's the conflict so, okay, begins. Okay. Yeah, and yeah. then the last one, uh, yeah, Return the Rise of Skywalker. Of, yeah, Rise of Skywalker. Rise of Skywalker. I am completely okay with that one. I, 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 was, I feel like that man, that's okay. a more controversial Tell opinion Tell me what's than wrong mine is. Tell me what's wrong with it. No, I mean, uh, we're talking about that trilogy. You want me to tell you what's wrong with that trilogy? Tell me, well, tell me what you think. What, what do you think? Look, I mean, I, yeah. I think it's – we go back to the whole situation of um, expectations, which we've talked about a lot today. Sure. Um, toxic fandom today – Especially the Star Wars community. Maybe I'm, yeah, I'm calling them out. Dude, I, you got these certain phrases. Toxic fandom. Okay, man. <laughs> well, the, the, I'm with you. I, I love the Star Wars. Yeah. It was just like what happened to Game of Thrones. But like the toxic fandom around Star Wars is you're never going to be able to make anybody happy. I honestly think what JJ, um, his intentions were when he did The Force Awakens, yeah. his heart was in the right place. Yeah. Which is like, let's go back to practical effects we don't want to do cgi bullshit like unless we have to let's go back to practical effects let's build sets like maybe 
to a fault, which is a lot what a lot of people fault The Force Awakens for, is yeah. like it's basically a new hope. There's a Death Star, you know, all those kind of things all over again. Now you're saying now you're now you're talking my language. And that, that was my initial complaint with it. For sure. Right? Yeah. And like I didn't necessarily have that complaint on the first watch that you did, but mm-hmm. I'm almost the opposite where over time my opinion's gone down a little bit. Okay. But I think it's still a very solid, entertaining movie. Like it works in my mind. The Last Jedi, I think, just took a lot of big risks, and it had some of the Ryan Johnson, like, auteur, the nerdy fucking filmmaker term to throw out of, like, a filmmaker coming in and putting his own stamp on it. Like, I felt Ryan Johnson's presence in that movie. It didn't feel like some generic director. felt like a Ryan Johnson Star Wars movie, which I was into. Like, the the lightsaber fight with Kylo Ren... and Ray, with and the, Ray, th- that's the best part of the movie. I it's, think that's the, that, it is, that, that, and I agree with you right there. That's amazing. There's some in- yeah. terrible things that happen in that movie, uh, you know, that mm-hmm. absolutely are. Look, I'm saying that like I like it, considering that it's a Star Wars movie. I'm not okay. saying that I'm going home raving about it being a masterpiece. I got you. I honestly have only seen the Rise of Skywalker once. Uh-huh. Um, but I just feel like that all the mistakes that were made along the way that started maybe in a Force, uh, Force Awakens ended up like it's like we have to tie up they these loose to, ends in the writing. There was and a lot of cleaning up to do. It just right. felt like that's what they were doing for you. a lot of the movie. Okay. I will say that I feel like when you're looking at point A, which is the mm-hmm. beginning of Force Awakens, to point Z, which is the very ending of the trilogy, mm-hmm. I truly love where they went. Like, I actually teared up at the very end yes, when Ray at the end. Like, it, oh. that felt like classic Star Wars to me. Oh, yeah. And it was yeah. just the journey in the final film to get there felt yep. very... Um, it was tough to get It was very yeah. messy. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I love... That's a correct word. I love, good term to use. It's a yeah. messy movie. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to sit here and be one of those toxic fandom and be like, it's fucking <laughs> yeah. bullshit. Like yeah. you've betrayed me. Like they don't yeah. owe me anything as a fan. Yeah. They, they just You're need right. to make, they just need, they're going out there and working their fucking asses off. Yeah. Excuse my French, but no, that's, that's okay. what they're doing. Like no, no, for you. years and years and years. Yeah. And I feel like that they did a decent job. Yeah. Um, and the ending of that movie, I feel like if the writing maybe was a little better, that yeah. moment at the very ending yeah. could have been like an epic cinematic moment that just would have stood the test of time it falls flat only in the sense that like the journey to get there was messy i got you you know okay okay that's my take on the trilogy that's well said okay i'm with you and it was dude i was so it's so crazy that you said about the force awakens when i watched it the first time just i just i was so of course we had gone for so long it was such a big break yeah, you know, years. and I was so I'm a big Star Wars nerd, and I watched it, and I just went, I've seen this movie before. I kept saying that to myself the entire time I watched it for the first time, mm-hmm. and I'll never forget it because I was like, dude, oh my gosh, well there's a lightsaber in the snow and it's wiggling. I saw that. <laughs> I saw that Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, and you know, it's like, oh, there's a, oh, there's a Death Star, and it's gonna, oh, you know, we gotta break down the, the, the we gotta get the shield down, and I was just like, dude, I've, this is. What the hell is going on? I've seen this movie and it's cool because it's new people and it's just. But the second and third and fourth time I watched it, it got, it got a lot better. So I will say that. I'm going to tell you what my overall, um, and I'll, I'll make it quick, but my overall complaints about Star Wars in the current state that it's in in general mm-hmm. are coming from a fan that doesn't have Star Wars tattoos and things like that. Yeah. Just from a, I don't even want to say casual fan. Like I've grown up with it. I love yeah. Star Wars, yeah. but I'm not. I couldn't tell you all the planets in the galaxy, if right. that makes sense. Um, 
if we're talking about building off of IP, like Star Wars is a huge IP, right? Like what's IP? IP is intellectual property. Oh, okay. so it's like if they're you. like that's what prequels and all these things are built off of. So yeah, it's yeah. like, well, we're doing this in the Star Wars universe, so that's IP that already exists. Yeah, but, right. Okay, but the thing yeah. that I think that they assume is that like people are not going to go see a Star Wars movie. Unless Luke Skywalker shows up in it, or yeah. Chewbacca shows up in it, or Han Solo, or Obi-Wan Kenobi, or Boba Fett. Yeah. And I think that's bullshit. I think that, that the biggest mistake that they have made is that they've tried to tie all the, like, it's like, why do we have to be so, like, tied down to the OG trilogy that Luke tied Skywalker down. just has to show down? up? I did. You want yeah, tied down. I had to do it. Well, okay. Yes. And so it's like all these spinoff shows, all these things, like, even yeah. The Force Awakens, it's like, Han Solo showing up. Yeah. Leia's there. Like, yeah. it's like, what I want as a Star Wars fan, and this may be a controversial opinion, I just want an original story yeah. set in the Star Wars universe. And Kathleen Kennedy has come out and said that they will not be reprising any roles from actors that have, like, they will not be doing another Solo movie. Right. Because they're just not successful. Okay. And I think that's because fans are sick of that. Like, yeah. they just are so ready for original stories. Right. And if they hire the right writers and they hire the right directors... It's the perfect universe to tell incredible cinematic stories in, yes. but they're just too scared that people yeah. are not going to pay a ticket unless it's the promise of Chewbacca showing up. Okay, and I gotcha. think that's a mistake. And you know what? I loved Solo, by the way. Just I, just, honestly, you know, it, I think Solo is an underrated Star Wars movie. The I best really Star do. Star Wars movie I think that's ever been made is Rogue One, and I and I was hey, standing by that. Hand, absolutely, hand right hand left foot, I was standing by it. Absolutely, so, the best. Modern day Star Wars film, Dude, hands down. I agree. Awesome. I agree. I, if it's on, like, I love like when I flip through the channels, I get home and I see like on TNT, there's Star Wars going. And a lot of times I might be rogue one. I'm like, Dude, I can't, I have to, I have to stop. Absolutely. I have to watch. Um, let's say this completely switching gears. You got a big budget. Okay. Let's just say somehow, some way, somebody's giving you a big budget to make a movie. Sure. Okay. And this is obviously, this is hypothetical and, and out there, but. Um, what's the if you had to pick an actor and an actress to work with if you're going to direct only two though if you had to speak, uh, you know what it's on your like but if I could just work with these two thespians who would that be you, it's only two, and I'll give you an, uh, a male and a female so that's fine so I can only do one male and one female that's right not two males not yeah. okay well no I'll give you two it doesn't matter you could do two females okay good question yeah but if you name two after that, I, 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 the question is stopped. Well, okay? I mean, I would feel like uh, who would you want to work? This is, you, I mean, like, this is like I, I, get, I feel I like a to do every this. filmmaker's dream is to work with Daniel Day Lewis because he's only made what like eight movies. Like P.T. Anderson has been the luckiest filmmaker in the history of cinema to work with potentially the greatest actor that ever lived. Yeah, because he only makes a movie every five years, yeah. and and he's. Like I mean, but you know why? Because he's uh, totally uh, in method. He's a method actor. In between, in between the five years, I'm not saying I would enjoy years, the experience. Five years, he's, in, he's in character. <laughs> he's an Abe Lincoln for five. For imagine that guy's wife, though. Like I've oh, always imagined God, that. Dude. Like that's Wouldn't a skit. That that's an SNL skit. Like oh, what's it like God. to be Daniel Day Lewis's wife? Dude, it would be terrible. Just sitting there, and yeah, it's, it's like, like Abe oh Lincoln for like three years straight. Oh yeah, I would say like either him or like Willem Dafoe. Is just oh, yeah. truly yeah. A, a spectacular mm -hmm. actor, and I feel like that. Not that he hasn't gotten the recognition that he deserves, because he has. He's never won an Oscar, right. um, but I think that when he passes away, he'll be looked at as one of the greatest yeah. actors, not only of his generation but of all time. Yeah. He'll get he'll get his due whenever. It's just like a you he's know, just been it, man. It's like a it's like a, a, a famous you know, like a really good 
Yeah, it's like Van Gogh or something. Yeah, yeah. It, just, it, it doesn't. It's not respected till he's he's you're getting not, dude, it, it's over. He's That's been taking more of that. He's been taking very interesting roles. Like even film? his role. What's your favorite film that he's been in? Because he has some good ones. Yeah. Honestly, I think his greatest performance is in The Lighthouse, um, the Robert okay. Eggers film, where it's him and Robert Pattinson stuck in the lighthouse, mm-hmm. black and white. That's just next level acting. Yeah. Um, that's some Daniel Day Lewis level performance, okay. I think. So and Daniel the fact Day that Lewis, he was yeah. robbed of the Oscar, I think he should have won the Oscar that year. Okay. I can't remember. I don't even think he was nominated. Yeah. Um, he was nominated for everything else, you know, all year long. So it was like it's a, he's a lock for actor, and then he didn't get it. Like that's one of those moments, like you're talking about at our Oscar yeah. parties, where we're just like. Well, it doesn't matter because Willem Dafoe didn't get nominated, so yeah. we're not like yeah, because, like, honestly, I just think it was spectacular. Um, I want to go to that so bad, <laughs> dude. You're invited this okay. year. Let's yes. go. Okay, so uh, uh, if you had, I've got if you had, one if actress. If you had to pick an actress, yeah, yeah. Let me hear who it is. I honestly don't it's, say it's, Meryl Streep because I mean, uh, no, okay. no, 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 no. No, I mean I'm a Meryl Streep fan, but I think that yeah, no, no, no. Tilda Swinton. I think Tilda Swinton is potentially the greatest actress of her generation, and I also think she's the. When we talk about Chameleon, like you look at Snowpiercer and her performance in that, and then you look at Orlando and you look at her performance in that, and then you like you look at her performance in Benjamin Button, like she's all over the place, and she is exceptional in her craft, I think. I think she's one of the greatest actresses potentially that's ever lived. Okay. And in a strange way, like she's not the most beautiful woman. Right, but she's, uh, she's definitely one of those people that you look at and, and she catches your eye. She's... What you, it's what got you, a very unique, unique look. That's a look. Just the way yeah, she yeah, looks yeah, yeah, is absolutely. unique. Okay. Um, but Tell she can us, do anything. I did, dude, I did not uh, uh, anticipate that. Look, I mean, uh, I that. love Reese Witherspoon, sure. and I love Jessica Chastain and things like that, but I honestly think Tilda Swinton can do absolutely <laughs> anything. Anything. You know what it would be for me? I mean, Tell me. I, don't, I'm, I want to know. No, it, oh. I, I would love to Is just, it Natalie Portman? Of course. <laughs> got him. You know this about me. I, I, I listened to your show. I thought I did a lot of research on you. I listened to your show. Saying things that are that, that, that come, yeah. that I'm thinking in your Black dude, Swan, though. Well, yeah, dude. Black Swan is dude crazy. She's incredible. But, but it's not the the fact that no. she can speak all these languages. I and, know. You know what? Maybe I'm I've never really been one to direct or what, maybe I could, somebody I could act with. Okay, for me, sure. If I could act alongside somebody, because I mean, let's be real. Like, I would I would drink Natalie Portman's. Bathwater. I mean, I, I just know. Wouldn't I we think all? She's beautiful, you know. And I, I had cannot, the biggest it, crush on her growing oh, up. I I she do, was just man. like, oh, she was man. the one, man. I still do. She's. I, I would just look at her and go, uh, okay, Padme, what do you need? Yeah. Me to do? <laughs> okay, Padme, like, tie me down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Natalie Portman. Uh, but you know who I would really like to work with as far as an actors? And this is the one, okay, and I'm going I'm to wrap this up, man. We've hit two hours, so I'm going to okay. wrap it up. I love it. I okay, love it. But, but one actor I think would be the, I mean, just I respect and love and, and I know he's, he has a reputation. Don't say Army Hammer. No, no, no. He's going to eat you. Christian Bale. Oh, no, dude. Forget and, about the reputation. Dude's a genius. Dude, I mean. And honestly, I think his reputation's just, it was one video that happened, he, he. You know what? Everybody has a bad day Exactly. At work. Everybody yeah. has a bad day at work. It just so happens that his bad I day, still love Christian Bale, no, yeah. Christian Bale no matter what. Like, yeah. I know I've had those days. I just didn't yeah. have the luxury of having somebody record me while I was saying those things. One, exactly. You know what I mean? I mean, I have a lot of bad days at work. Thank God that they're not, uh, you know. Published um, to the world. Yeah. <laughs> well, first off, I think he's the best Batman. Do you agree with him or no? You like Pattinson? Are you good with Pattinson? We need to see where the Batman goes. Okay. So but you, uh, I uh, would agree jury's currently. Jury's still out. Currently. Absolutely, okay. Christian Bale is the best Batman yeah. currently. Yeah. I think Batman Begins is the best Batman. 
that we made. And that's me. And that's a controversial opinion, but Batman Begins is an amazing yep. film. I mean, man, yeah. I'm telling you right now, that one it's was... a toss up between that and uh, The Dark Knight for me. You're, okay, yeah. I saw The Batman Begins in the theater, which awesome. You know who I saw it with? Tell me, Julie King. Hey, it let's was amazing, go! Man. I was like, dude, we both left her like, dude, that was pretty damn good. I'm like, yeah, it was oh, I love good. it, dude. That's awesome. she's not a big superhero movie. Um, yeah. But here's the thing. I love, man, this movie gets no love. And I talk about it. And let's I'm, go. Let's dude, go. I'm interested now. Man. Come on. And, it's, and I know Spielberg gets his whatever. But, and it's Christian Bale. It's Empire of the Sun. And if you've never seen it, like I've talked to Adam Stone, never seen it. Now, granted, this oh, movie came out and, and, and Christian Bale is a, uh, I think he's probably. He's a child. 11 years old. Yeah. Dude. But it's got uh, 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 John Malkovich. And, 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 and dude, it is so Good. It is so freaking good. I think the only reason it doesn't get talked about is because of how many other great films Spielberg has made that overshadow yeah. oh, it. And it got, oh, it didn't live up what they said. It didn't live up. You know, it was, yeah, but, yeah. Well, everybody man. said that about Apocalypse oh, Now God, at the time, man. you know, and things like that. So That is a movie that freaking just was like, I, I, I still watch it and go, damn, that dude can act his ass off and he's like 11. Well, not only that, but he literally looks exactly the same as he oh, does yeah. today. There's Somehow, no yeah. yeah. And I mean, and it's crazy. It talks about the World War II in a, in a place where you didn't really realize that, you know, it's like a... The, it's a very the, interesting perspective. Well, yeah, they, well, yeah. They're in like the, uh, the, 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 in Asia, but it's in the British Empire part of Asia where, but now that, that the, Jap- the Japanese are just invaded all yeah. of that and like, they, and... Dude, I mean, it's just crazy good. Empire of the Sun is crazy good. It is. Okay, two. Uh, so that's one of my favorites. And then... Spectacular. Okay. Now, I'm, I'm going to tell you the other... That's another one, but it's just... Dude, it's not even that good, but I really think it's awesome. Throw it out there. Well, I'm not judging you. Let's go. Okay, so when I played soccer as a kid, like I just loved soccer. Is it right? bend him like Beckham? No. <laughs> <laughs> Kira Knightley, let's go. But Kira Knightley's... Fine. She is. All right, what is it? What is it? Um, it's a movie, and nobody's ever seen it. I'm telling you right now. No, I've never okay. talked to anybody that's ever seen it. Okay, it's a soccer movie. It is called Victory. Okay, okay? and it was released in 1981, I think. Or I've never heard of it. Yeah, and I was soccer for the first time. I think I saw it on HBO. Okay. Uh, it's, yeah. Did it? Was I six years old watching? Yeah. Whatever. That HBO subscription yeah, coming in clutch. Was, but it had Michael Caine. Okay. It's got Sylvester Stallone. Wow. And it is, it, dude, and it's a full soccer movie, but it is World War II. They're a prisoner of war camp. Uh, Pele. Pele, the soccer player, is in the movie, and he is badass. And they, they're just in a prisoner of war camp, and they're all trying to get out. But the they somehow they guess they're gonna have to play the German national team in front of everybody. Oh my god! And if they have a plan to escape, they have this full fledged plan to escape during halftime. When they go in for halftime, they're getting out of there. Dude, but, this is Sylvester Stallone and Michael Caine and in a soccer the, war a goalie, movie. He plays the full full fledged. Uh, American soccer player. He, he, he He's like, who plays soccer? You don't, can't use your hands. This is the biggest, yeah. you know, it, like stereotypical American. Like, sure. You know, and, man, and, I just want to give away, but dude. That's it, one it, of those things, like, okay, there's all this, the. All you got to do, man, you know what? You don't even have to watch the whole movie. You can, you I'm going to go check it out. You can YouTube, you have to buy it if you want to. Just YouTube, eh. YouTube the, the say, the ending. There's like, the, no, I'm not going to watch the ending. the ending. Don't spoil it for oh, me. Okay, don't spoil it. You, you can watch the last 16 minutes, I think, for I'm going to watch the whole movie. I'm not it, an it, ending it, guy. It, Come on. Freaking blow, it'll just tear your heart out. Okay. Oh, my God. It's so amazing. I, I, I want to go see like also, the Netflix uh, pitch 
for that, where it's like, yeah. we're going to make a yeah. World War II soccer so, movie with yeah. Sylvester Stallone, Michael Sylvester Caine. Stallone, yeah. and Michael Caine. Yeah. And that guy's like, greenlit, let's go. Let's go. Like, that know. sounds amazing. I know. <laughs> and what's funny is that uh, I've seen a Sylvester, Sylvester Stallone talk, um, not, not live, I didn't see it, but I looked it up. And he goes, in that movie, first day on set, we're doing actual soccer things. He goes, I stand in front of the net. Like, I actually play in the character. <laughs> I really didn't have to change my character because I didn't know anything about soccer. He goes, but I'm the goalie. And Pele goes, hey, all right, just stand there. I'll kick, one, kick a couple to you. He goes, he kicked the first one to me, and I was so ready, and I didn't even see it. It just hit the net. He goes, so I was like, all right, well, okay, give me another chance. He, goes, he kicked the second one to me, and I saw it, and I got my hand on it, broke my finger. Oh, my God. He's gosh. like, man, he goes, and I'm not kidding you, broke my finger. He goes, Dude, that dude was crazy good. And Pele's not in it for his acting ability, obviously. Yeah. But also, if I could ever have a kid, you know, a male or even a female, whatever, there's like three names I want to name. River, one. I think River King would be a badass name. It would. Uh, and, and the name of Sylvester Stallone in Victory, his name is Hatch. Oh. I think Hatch is badass, Oh, that's boy. a hard name that right there. Hatch. That's hard. That's son. Yeah, I love, I love that, man. But that's Empire beautiful. of the Sun, if you had to pick the, one of the two, you got to watch Empire of the Sun. It's, it's yeah. freaking crazy. There's a lot of Spielberg. That dude's just made so many films that yeah. there's so many that are under, like Minority Report, all these, oh, that nobody yeah, talks about those good. movies. Because yeah, yeah. they talk about Schindler's List and Saving Private Ryan. But it's like AI, yeah. Minority Report. I mean, classics. Come on. Saving Private Ryan is pretty damn good, though. I mean, I love him. Yeah. I love Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. I'm just like, I need some love for Minority Report. Absolutely. Let's oh, go. Wait, yeah. You know what? We yeah. did. You know Tom what? Cruise. Go, go come on. Two uh, Pick Four podcasts. My buddy Mark Youngblood. He has the Pick Four podcast. We did a bracket for March Madness on Tom Cruise movies for March. That's yes. brilliant. And uh, we we yeah. Well, we talk about having some disagreements and. Um, a few I won't good tell men. you who won, but it wasn't Minority Report. But Minority Report was, you know, Minority Report's pretty damn good. Though. I love that movie. Yeah. I love yeah. it. It's not like the quintessential Tom Cruise kind of. I mean, I guess it technically is. He runs real fast in it, so that's that's the one thing you got to yeah. have in the Tom Cruise movie. Yeah. But hey, Top Gun's coming out this week. I'm gonna oh, pumped, man. I'm not even a big Top Gun guy. Thank you. I'm not either. I'm not. But the reviews well, I are great. It was awesome. Don't get me wrong. It's one yeah. of those, like I said, we talked about this way early, two hours ago. Sure. That. It's like a um, – I really don't want to put it in that basket, but it, you know, it's kind of like a Fast and Furious movie. It's, you go there to get entertained, and it's entertaining. Yeah. But uh, to me, as I've seen it later in life, I'm like, dude, damn, that's borderline like propaganda. It's, it's almost I like, mean, dude, I, no, on, 100%. Like, yeah. The only reason I'm pumped is because like the reviews that have come out for this movie are saying it's the best blockbuster of the decade. And I'm like, I'm there. Like a Mission Impossible, the last couple have been truly spectacular. I think mm-hmm. that the yeah. the Bond movies don't even hold a candle to the last two uh, Mission Impossible movies. Yeah, um, maybe that's controversial. Probably uh, I not. I did like the last Bond one. It was pretty good. It was really good. Better I than, loved better it better than I thought the the last two. Or three I loved. Yeah, but, um, but, but yeah, but yeah. dude, the, this I'm like Tom Cruise is just on a train of yeah. risking his damn life, jumping from space and doing crazy He's shit. Talking about so. doing real shit. Yeah, he yeah. does. <laughs> I'm no like, doubt about I respect it. that. I'm also like this dude's crazy. Yeah, but if it's, I'll pay twelve dollars to go see it. One hundred percent. You know what I, I mean? I will do it too, man. I will Absolutely. Do it too. You know what? I think a lot of people would pay uh, twelve dollars to listen to this podcast, but I it's free, so. man. It's free, man. Thank you, Zane. This Cheers. has been amazing, man. Cheers been to you, fun. man. This is a lot of fun. Absolutely. God dang it, dude. You know what? We ought to just do this like once a month or once every two, three months when something big's coming out, like movie Oscar wise, season, and we can man. just like, hey, yeah, just Oscar season. Let's preview the Oscars. Mm. Let's let's get the people. A lot of people don't. 
What am I watching? I haven't seen any of these movies. They're watching for the Oscars. We've got to give you a reason to watch. We've got to give you a reason to go watch the Parasites out there because they're worth it. But Absolutely. They are worth it. They're worth it. 100%. Yeah. They're worth it. I bet you I've said 100% in this podcast a million times. I've said it a couple of times. That's all right. I Guaranteed. say it too much, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, Mr. Zane Innes. Hey, man. You're doing great work at Primitive. I love that. You're doing great work here on my podcast. You're just an amazing person. Your brother's amazing. And uh, just thank you, man. I appreciate you just showing up, man, because we've been wanting to do this for a while. I'm, man, I'm blessed to be here. Yeah. So excited about it. Just had a great time. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, always remember, man, you can follow me at Win, Lose, or Tie uh, on Instagram. Win, Lose, or Tie podcast at gmail.com. Email the show. Tell us if you, if you agree, disagree. Zane and I's opinions on Star Wars on movies today because you know hey whatever but uh I don't know Zane if you know how I end all my podcasts but I end them all with how I ended all my phone calls in the 90s and that was with oh. 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 Oh.